and Shakira is breathing down my neck and I just want to dance. And that is my girl. Mm -hmm. And that's my girl. I just want to dance. Hello, hello, hello. We're back at it again with our first. Second. Question mark. Is it our second? What, movie of March? I assume that's what you were going to say. Oh, I guess it's already March. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Guys, when I tell you I thought it was February, that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> we are back at it again with some very special guests today. Yeah, we, uh, we've we been getting back into the swing of having guests on again. It's been super fun. So yeah. we have some great guests that joined us today. We have Rachel mm-hmm. and Damien. We had the best time recording with them. We literally could not even stop talking. We were having so much fun. Yes, Rachel and Damien are both comedians and also writers and actors, etc. But they're hilarious and just super knowledgeable about the movie we're doing today. Yeah, I'm very, very happy with the energy that was created in the studio today. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't wait for you guys to listen. So we'll we'll jump right in. But before we do, we just want to remind you that this month on Patreon, we did Confessions of a Shopaholic. So if you want to listen to that, head on over to the link in the show notes, or it's linked in our bio on all social media. Yeah. So should we just pop right into it oh my gosh let's do it let's find a way back into love oh i'm done (laughs) we have some very special guests on the pod today we are so excited to be joined by rachel and damien hi we're we're thrilled we're thrilled (laughs) we're here what's up (laughs) y'all just one one tiny hi for me oh hey (laughs) oh my god hey uh we are here um i was just expecting like a thorough introduction some of my credits just waiting to dive in i'm sorry i i didn't get your rider so i didn't know exactly (laughs) what i was going to be included no and that's the failure of my team so don't worry about it christina did get my rider and i do have 50 bottles of lemon lime gatorade here so um, yeah. things yeah. are great on my end. Sorry about that, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> our, our intern, Kate, is on the case. She's uh, on her way to you right, right now right, with whatever right. you might need. I love a world where she's like on a bike, like really furiously <laughs> pedaling. <laughs> she might be. Yeah. Yeah. She might be. She's a she's a worker. She's she a hard is. worker. Yeah. Shout out to Kate. But if you guys want to introduce each other, you can. Ooh. If you feel inclined. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh my I can't gosh. wait to see how we introduce each other. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll do Damien first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Damien Kronfeld is here today. <laughs> he is the uh, former deputy editor of Reductress um, and has now gone whoa. on. Uh, whoa. Cool. If you can believe. Um, he has now gone on to a life of absolute stand-up comedy, absolute performing around New York City and Brooklyn, absolute slaying the absolute scene. Um, he is <laughs> my best friend and his mind about a movie, I there is no compare. That was stunning that was okay sorry i absolutely i'm me <laughs> dropping the mic quietly myself i'm like and talk about an absolute slay samian is set so high okay uh we're joined today by multi-hyphenate rachel hannah horowitz this <laughs> tish dramatic writing alum is a writer a director a comedian a songstress 
Oh, don't you dare. Whoa. Music and lyrics. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she's got it all. On the scale from music to lyrics, she's, she's got it all. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Rachel is one of the most brilliant minds uh, working today in going to see movies with me. And... <laughs> Than talking about them afterward. So, listeners, you're in good hands. I'm also I'm also his best friend. Just for the record, oh, and, uh, and she's my best friend. No, and she's she's a good friend. Yeah, a good close friend. Um, maybe not. Maybe at the same level. I said no. Um, you're like the distinction is oh one of my one of my best one of my friends. Best friends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. best friend is a tier. It's not a role. It's a tier. Yes, and many can fall into she's it. She's one of my top colleagues. Oh my god. Yeah. No, we are uh, we are each other's colleagues. That's how we describe each other. And honestly. It works for us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we're honored to be joined by two voices of a generation today. Yeah. And uh, would love to hear a little bit about your history with this movie. Like what what started this this love affair with music and lyrics for both mm-hmm. of you? Oh my God, who's going first? Rachel, dive in. This movie, this is a movie that was on in my house in an inescapable way. Um, <laughs> like there was a point, I think I did reach a saturation point with this film. We had, my my house was like, we loved to have all the channels. And by we, I mean mm-hmm. my father. Um, my father loved the channels because there's like specific sport channels that were really high numbers that he liked. Um, so we did have the TV on to make this makes sense of our purchase, right? Uh, constantly. And this movie, I'm sure we all remember, was playing at a rate that wasn't okay for anyone. I, I don't think. I'm a, there was a, probably a time where I was watching, this movie was on my TV once a week for like maybe two to three years. That seems- On what channel? I don't know. I can tell you growing up in Singapore, this also happened in Singapore because I have a very similar mm. story where this movie was on every single day for like months and me and my mom would watch it every time we came across it. Yeah. And it and it's del- right, it's delightful. Like there was no there was not like it wasn't a hardship, but I did reach a saturation point where I was like, Oh, like I can't like there are some lines <laughs> when we were rewatching it for the pod where I was like, I have the like the timbre of the delivery of this line <laughs> rattles right. in my head, like rattles around my head. And like at any point, if you ask me to quote it, like I can do the almost like a pitch perfect delivery just because it was on yeah. so much. <laughs> Reaching a saturation point with it did mean that I was like, okay, like I've had enough now. And I don't think I watched it after it like had its moment in the sun of my television screen. I don't think I watched it maybe until like deep pandemic. Because I was like, I like, I was like, and I've seen it enough and we're good. Yeah. And then I'm going to pause here because then Damien and my intersection with this film Mm. kind of comes into play. So I'll let Damien say his history with it. And then we can say how we both came to realizing that we needed to get on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, okay. In some ways, a similar history, except not to brag, I wasn't flipping on the TV and happening to see music and lyrics was on. We had the DVD in our home. And (laughs) thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, so I'm the youngest child. I have two older sisters. So culturally, I was very much like getting the runoff in a way that I think benefited me because I, I mean, when this movie came out, I was nine years old. I don't know at what point we 
owned the DVD. Wait, Damien, can I ask how old you are? I'm 25. It came out, so I was born in 97, but this came out um, in February of 2007, and my birthday is right, in October. Right. I was getting really specific about how this works out tonight. No, I was, when we realized it was 2007, famously Bush era, let's not forget that, uh, a Bush era film. Um, we will talk about that. We will talk about that. Uh, yeah. No, I was like, wait, I was... 12 when this came out like that it feels like i was older because it's so in my memory oh weird i feel like i should have been younger because it's so in my memory you know what i mean like so it, interesting yeah yeah it feels more formative like i don't remember i don't remember my life before music and lyrics <laughs> um <laughs> What did it even mean? It, it was just everything was gray, and then to watch this movie and everything was in color. Technicolor. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, again, it's like as though from on above this DVD entered my living room, um, or perhaps <laughs> one of my parents purchased it, but we can't say. And right. no one knows. Yeah. Um, no, and I mean, we were absolutely obsessed. We There is a power to this film and I mean you know naturally I think that a huge part of that is the music right like it has yeah. this sort of amazing original music yeah. that uh is so poppy and so infectious and Say that. <laughs> um it also lends itself to this reproduction like I mean we'll talk about this I'm sure but you know, there's the pop dance move, the signature, uh, which Rachel is doing, <laughs> if you can kind of picture that. Um, Imagine me doing what Hugh Grant does in this film. I'm doing it and I'm doing it literally so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the thing that like strikes me the most, uh, which is similar to what Rachel said, and I don't know if that's unique to this movie or it's more just the way that we consume and then store movies through childhood moving into adulthood but it really is it's like the timbre of the lines right there are mm -hmm. countless and i also think it's a testament to good writing and good performances but certainly even more minor stuff like i i put this in my notes but the scene where alex is talking to his manager who's the character name I am forgetting. Can anyone save me? Chris. Chris, thank you so much. Yeah. It's Raymond's brother from Everybody yes. Loves Raymond. Brad Garrett. Yeah, but no, just uh, like early on in the movie, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of like jumping ahead here. I don't know if I'm breaking rules, but... Um, it's all good, it's all good. There's just this, it's actually the scene where we're introduced to him as a character, and they're walking down the street talking about... Battle of the Ladies Husbands and, you know, kind of setting up how things are going with Alex's career. But as he's telling him which festival, whatever, festival is a generous right, right, word, right. but which games have canceled <laughs> on him. And Alex is like, you know, doing his Hugh Grant, whatever, frenetic. Um, and he's like, why didn't you tell me? And Brad Garrett is like, and there's nothing significant about this, but for some reason, and I wish I could do a good impression of him, but I can't, but he's like, I'm telling you now. And my whole life, <laughs> just those words, like, yeah. have yeah. played in my brain at least once a week. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. why? You know, why do things stick like that? It's not even a laugh line. It's no, just, for sure. it's something about his intonation. I also love when he says a real, I mean, whatever. He really, he <laughs> eats. Um, he eats. He eats. Full, but, meal, full meal on screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's dinner. Um, but. And we'll get that's to that. Dinner. And we will get to that dinner. Yes. And we'll, we'll get, get to, to that dinner. Um, but no, trying to like power through this. I don't know. I mean, this movie did such a good job of capturing through a musical lens different eras and so which i think made it you know like enjoyable it, it had a lot of like intergenerational possibility for that yes, reason majorly yeah and you know cora corman i was so obsessed with and I, yeah i'm sure we'll talk about her at length i demand that we will <laughs> but yeah in terms That's of her film debut the yeah. actress and and Good God, did she start off high? Holy yep. hell. Can you go <laughs> higher than that? I don't know if you can. No. That was her mistake. Yeah. Maybe. She, the, her performance <laughs> is honestly so good in this. I, I'm shocked that she hasn't had another like comedy role in this like I early know. 2000s era. No, I she's so, so good. And also just like truly in terms of this movie's impact. I remember, and I know, like, Rachel and I rewatched it in preparation for the pod. And oh, twist my arm. It was so hard for us. <laughs> oh my God, please. No, not again. <laughs> and it was like us and my boyfriend, and we were watching it, and all of us gasped. And it, there's a moment in the first performance of Buddha's Delight, our introduction to Cora, yeah. where, like, you see um, the bottom of her ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it delicately. I mean, to put yeah. it delicately. I don't I don't know how else to say it. No, like, it was the bottom of her ass. I would the agree. The bottom of yeah. her ass. And that was something that really shocked and titillated me as... Mm-hmm. Um, who wouldn't be titillated? Who wouldn't be titillated by no. the bottom of Cora Corman's ass? Man, um, oh man. I don't know if I had ever seen that on... <laughs> <laughs> that was like a real representation moment. I was like, I've never seen that yeah. on, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To see bottom yeah. of ass on screen to like see that. Bottom of ass. Yeah. Can... It's a big yeah. like women's stories matter yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. it, it really, <laughs> really is. No, Cora, um, Cora is a woman whose story does matter for me. Yeah. Big time. She just wants to dance. She just wants to <laughs> dance. Breathing down her if neck. We're, if we're gonna talk about a line that has rattled around my head. Shakira is breathing down my neck. Like it's like so <laughs> fucking good. Whenever oh, I, whenever I want to go dancing, guys. no, it is unbl- Whenever I want to go dancing, I just want to dance. Like it's like so yeah, angsty and earnest. She yeah. is so good. I'll be damned if I'm not going to make this movie my whole personality this summer. Oh, yeah. yeah, my god, no. Are you kidding me? I was yeah. literally saying Cork Corman Halloween 2023 for me. <gasps> period. Get me whenever, the wig. Get yeah. me the wig. Okay, Christina can attest that whenever we see. A movie, almost <laughs> any movie, almost any sure. episode. Yeah, I say, okay, listen, <laughs> Halloween. Can you picture it? And it's the most unhinged pairing of all time, usually. From oh, whatever course. movie we're yeah. watching, Rachel. I think that you should be Cora and I should be Mr. Shu. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my god, Ray, the manager. that would be incredible. When I, when Mr. Shu jump scared me on this, we have to talk about the movie. Yeah, yes. we have yeah. to get to the movie. Let's just we talk let's about the movie. Dive <laughs> I do I I do love this trivia up at the top because I also had I did a little like 
I did a little research today, and of course, there, of, of course you well, went on Shay's store. Oh, I no, I was yeah. in academic <laughs> articles about this film. Yeah. Um, no, Which I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, Damien wrote yes. them. I read them really fast. <laughs> no, there's so much good information about this film that I didn't have until yeah, quickly prepping for this podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, should we start with the numbers, Mo? You want to hit us with the numbers? We got to start the numbers, baby. The real reason you come to the podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had a $40 million budget, which we just covered, or fuck, I guess our upcoming movie, which is also very well known, only at a $10 million budget. So like, Mm -hmm. this is pretty big. And they made $145.9 million in the box office. Yeah, they did. Huge, huge. The and reviews, the reviews weren't even great. It finished fourth in the box office. It was the same um, premiere weekend as Ghost Rider, Bridge to Darabithia, and Norbit. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was <laughs> the most <laughs> random smattering of movies? Oh my God. Wait, that is crazy. Also, putting that in to- in like movie theater time is so crazy. Bridge to Terabithia? <laughs> like, and Norbit opened yeah. on the same weekend. That, Imagine that double feature. We were in a renaissance, <laughs> and that was a renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we know, we have our our main our main players, Drew Barrymore, Hugh Grant. Uh, we did read that they did their own singing for this movie, um, and they mm. were trained by Michael Rafter, was the vocal coach, which is wild. Big Broadway man. He directed the revival of Violet. Like works with Sutton Foster oh all God. the time. Wait, yeah, random. I love that. Yeah. So initially, like Hugh Grant didn't want to do his own singing, but eventually he did and then was like, wow, actually, I'm really good. I'm going to do the concert part live. And then they played it back. And he was like, his inflated ass ego. Never mind. Because it was not good. And uh, they used the pre recorded. Wait, I love him. Oh my God. (laughs) The hubris on him. Yep. The thing that's so funny is when you like began that anecdote of being like, he decided to do the concert live, I was like, oof, he doesn't sound so good in that scene. And now knowing that that was actually. That was the pre recorded. So, how much worse could it have been? God bless his soul. Yeah. Wait, oh, I'm actually I'm really happy that he had a whole journey with his voice for this movie. I feel like that makes <laughs> like it makes sense for me. I feel like he needed it at like a very specific age for him in his resume, I feel like as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Humbling and there's some <laughs> ego there, right? I think it's great. For sure. We also yeah. found out that he took piano lessons as a child from Andrew Lloyd Webber's mother. So Yeah, I was like, okay. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah, they were just hanging out wherever in the UK they're from. Like, right, exactly. Uh, the network. There's trail. only one spot. Everyone knows each other. <laughs> Wait, that is kind of wild, though. He had a lot of MT connection. Super weird. Like, I'm not just like out here hanging out with like, I don't even know a good example. Yeah, of who? I don't know. Aaron Tveit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the Manuel Miranda's mom. If they're like NYU, the connection. <laughs> See, I love that for him. Uh, during the premiere of Music and Lyrics in Amsterdam, a woman pretended to interview Hugh Grant and then just handcuffed herself to him and ended up walking the red carpet with him. Like, there are pictures of this online. That, I wish you were me. That's considered assault <laughs> these days. Isn't that crazy? But simultaneously, I hear that and I'm like, that's the movie. No, that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's the movie. 
<laughs> that they fall no. in love. Well, that would, I mean, so many rom-coms historically have kind of started with some form of assault. So yeah, that feels, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That feels that's true. That's true. on mm-hmm. brand. Um, wow. I can't wait to, to dive into that. Yeah, but also, of course, like, the other thing is a woman handcuffing herself to Hugh Grant would happen also in music and lyrics, obviously. Any yeah. of those oh, definitely. Uh, 1987, class 1987 concerts he does, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those girlies want that handcuff lifestyle, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, our last little fun fact before we we dive into it, because there's so much to discuss but uh, Cora Corman's track, Buddha's Delight, uh, is supposed to sound a lot like Britney Spears' Toxic. There's a lot of allusions to like Brit- like Cora being a Britney type. Mm-hmm. And it was produced by Adam Schlesinger with Bloodshy and Avant, I guess. I guess. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. And they were the producers on Toxic. And Adam Schlesinger, we've talked about on the pod before when we did Josie and the Pussycats – incredible incredibly talented songwriter uh he wrote songs for josie and the pussycats and also in my opinion the best fake movie song of all time that thing you do um and he was just like a supremely talented songwriter and has written multiple songs in this movie okay my research was mainly about him because i i had i had a thought in my mind and i i chased it so okay that man can write a fucking earworm. It is yeah. unbelievable. But do you know where he's from originally, which makes perfect sense for this film? Fountains of Wayne. Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom. Duh. No way. Duh. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Because I was like, no, I've literally. He loves a little story in a song, huh? Sure does. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Talk about music and lyrics. Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's the title of the film for you, folks. Uh, no, it is like he legendary frankly Stacy's yeah. mom talk about like if ever there was an 80s hit for this movie to like then sort of mirror I mean period no he's he's a genius also I'm telling you that thing you do I'd listen to it every day oh yeah it's a great song is it like a sweet treat in your mouth a sweet treat in my mouth yeah Rachel I have to call you in a little bit because mm-hmm. Stacy's mom is not an 80s hit it is a firmly uh early 2000s what (laughs) yeah (laughs) call me in call me are you kidding me no (laughs) yeah it is it is definitely more recent that is so surprising to me it was from the 80s i did and guess what i think (laughs) i have it on listen i think i have it on an 80s playlist don't take it off leave it wait yeah stacy's mom is (laughs) that is so no and honestly i'm I want this to be I want this to be the soundbite that runs through this for me because this is a moment of discovery that is unfathomable. Wait, Fountains of Wayne is this man is also shocking. It is from 2003. Yeah. I was alive when that song was made. <laughs> yeah, I mean to me that's like so a product it's pretty of early the 2000s. Aus. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. probably is in my mind too and I've just really rewritten history for myself. I think I literally have it on an 80s playlist. It's like true about me. <laughs> yeah. On that note, shall we just dive in? I think we gotta <laughs> jump into it. Yeah. All right. So the opening of this film is maybe one of my favorites ever because we start with the music video from another incredible fake movie song. We see the band Pop and they are doing their song Pop Goes My Heart. It is like peak 80s. We have Hugh Grant with like the long hair. 
He's got the, the puffy white shirt. He's got the vest on. He's on the keys. He is Alex Fletcher. And then we also have the other front man who is Colin, played by Scott Porter, who I know primarily from the show that everyone has forgotten about, Heart of Dixie. But he's also on Ginny and Georgia right now. Wait, but more importantly, he was Friday on Night Friday Lights. Night Lights. Yeah. So they are they are doing their thing. They're doing the music video. Basically, the the plot of the music video: Alex has like a, a romantic interest, and then she ends up breaking up with him. And when she walks away, we see his glowing heart break slash fail slash he has a heart attack and ends up in the hospital. Has a dream sequence that him and his lover are gallivanting through a field, but then wakes up to a hot nurse and then he jumps out of bed all spry and everybody dances and they do their signature pop dance move which is like yes. kind of like a popping and locking moment with the wrists and the hips that's and- generous that's definitely generous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i would say there's a lot of gyrating yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a thrust yes. i would call it a yeah. thrust and then the 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 wrist it's a lot of wrist action i don't know if we're saying I would uh, almost like a, you're uh, unlocking a door really quick or something. Yeah, <laughs> you're going like vroom vroom. A really uh, handle that has very slow mobility, like very tiny mobility. Uh, <laughs> and two of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what it's is like it? A it's saloon like saloon door. It's a- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest thing. Or even like you're really trying to lift the handles up on like a safety bar on an amusement park ride. <laughs> yeah. I love to be descriptive in my language yeah, for the pod. That will be a really yes. helpful visual yeah. for listeners yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, I would love to see everyone try and recreate what was just described <laughs> and their interpretation. If any of it. animators are in the chat, please animate what you just heard and show us what you come <laughs> up with. No, okay. We must pause on this move because Damien and I both have have shared that this is something that just happened it happened in my house like this was like you would be dancing in the kitchen and this would be a dance move the the pop the that. signature pop mm-hmm. like and if i did it to my mom today we haven't watched this movie together in a decade maybe mm-hmm. done we'd be doing it both would be like ah music and lyrics right like it's so yeah. muscle so memory film. oh my god yeah muscle memory indeed yeah so we end up going to like the next segment on this tv piece and it's like pop was one of the biggest bands of the 80s colin ended up going solo and being ignited and having a wildly successful career and what happened to the other front man alex fletcher tonight we find out on battle of the 80s has-beens zoom out to the freaking pitch meeting alex is like i love it they're like thank god like the network has been Given us a little pushback, like people aren't really interested in being on a show that calls them has-beens. And Alex is like, I'm a happy has-been. Everything good I ever did was in the past. No one expects anything from me now. And then he's like, hmm, what song should I perform? Like maybe this one, maybe that one. But they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Only the winner gets to sing. Because you, <laughs> you're going to be boxing each other. No, talk about like such a good joke. Like, right? Like this scene yeah. is so perfect. <laughs> like if you have any question whether you are going to enjoy this movie, uh, as far as I'm concerned, like this, like we immediately we, answered. No, done. Like yeah. I they know what I'm tone. in for. No. And it's Hugh Grant being so charming right out of the gate. We were saying mm-hmm. when we were watching this, like who else could have done this role Nobody. Hugh Grant. Like it was written for him. Yeah. No, I mean he's operating on a level of like 
charm and idiosyncrasy that yeah is so endearing and especially when we and we'll get to it introduce drew barrymore like who mm-hmm. is giving sporadically hypochondriac like sometimes yep, we're yep, sometimes yeah. she's a hypochondriac for the for, right, right. for the quirkiness for the quirkiness factor but for a bit you know just you need it sometimes um no hugh grant amped up the charm in the scene in a way where you're like all right i'm i'm sold yeah absolutely it's so good also i feel the the george michael kind of uh, wham sort of yeah. g- graphing they're doing of pop it, to, to speak to the intergenerational appeal of this film. Like mm-hmm. I, of course I could, you could keep this on with parents on because they just have, they did such a smart like mapping of pop onto wham where it's so yeah. recognizable and a little bit funny to look back at with nostalgia. And that's like parents watching this film with nostalgia, us now discussing the film with nostalgia is such a like, interesting meta um, yeah i know i know because it's like yeah. i know my mom was like oh my god wham am i right and i'm like yeah okay like i d- not a reference point for me yet but maybe someday yeah. well i also think that like watching this movie with parents or with anyone who was you know consuming music in the 80s it's like that is part of what informed my perception of it as being a good movie because i just remember both of my parents commenting on the verisimilitude of like the uh recreation of 80s sound and aesthetics um Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i mean and well, I, that will continue to be a topic, I'm sure. But they really yeah. nail it. Yeah. No, I feel like my dad was always like, the synths. And I'm like, yeah, the synths. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, but the synths, am I right? And it's like, yes, no, I hear totally. them too. <laughs> so I'd be like, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And then you see and then you see Hugh Grant doing the keyboard drums later on. You're like, oh, actually, no, my dad was right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, my dad was right. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Am I going to do this part? This is fun. Yeah. I love to I love to have little parts. I love to have little parts. And it's it's great because we get Brad Garrett in this one. So after yeah. after <laughs> thank God. Um no, so Alex goes home after he finds out he could be boxing. <laughs> we wish. Um I'd love to see it. Uh and once he's there, we get we get introduced to Chris, his manager, as played by V Brad V Garrett. Mm-hmm. Oh tall. Talk about the height differentials in this film, by the way. We'll get to it once sister gets introduced, but yeah. We had some hot, we had some talls and some shorts. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, so <laughs> Alex goes home um, and he finds out that his manager did not know that they were going to be boxing on this on this show. But he has a new gig for him um, with mm. Cora V. Corman. Oh, thank God, she's already here. She's already on the, the name is on our lips. Um, yeah. She is as quote I'm quoting from from what I'm reading right now the biggest pop girly in the world. <laughs> And guess what? She is still in my heart. Um, and she happens to be a big fan of pop, which at this point, no one expected. So we're sitting there, we're chatting. Alex is in her buzzes, and the doorman says there's a Sophie Fisher. Ugh, we must relish this name. Um, and she's here to do his plants. And even though Alex does not know who she is, he lets her up anyway. Um, Naturally. I don't know. When you're rich, it's like this is just another person coming to maintain my home (laughs) no i know and i do love like my mind when i was watching this growing up i was like i can't believe he has a guy come water his plants when he's home do you know what i mean i was like that's Uh that's an out of town thing right like i was like that's when you leave and someone has to come Mm -hmm. help you but he just she comes when he's there and i I, that was like a huge like plot hole for me growing up i was like that doesn't make sense (laughs) but i guess it was also just so it's 
another like comedic device, of course, but like he, it's funny because he doesn't have a garden. Like he lives in an apartment. Yeah. And she's just, it's not like he calls the gardener it's just to maintain plants. his lawn. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. That's right, not right. a lot of plants. He's got a watering There's can. Like six of them. Get into it. Like, <laughs> yes. get into it with yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, big plot hole for me growing up. Now I buy it. Uh, <laughs> no, so Sophie appears on the scene. It's Drew Barrymore. She's flitting about. <laughs> she's flitting about. Um, no, she's covering for his normal plant waterer. Uh, Jane while she's out of town and he of course lets her in the house um Sophie we start the we start the immediate pattern of Sophie putting Mm -hmm. things on the piano and and Hugh Grant not liking that uh (laughs) there's this is like a constant motif throughout this film is Drew Barrymore putting literally anything on the piano and Hugh Grant immediately taking it off. And I will yep. switch back mm-hmm. to character names, not actor names. This is a terrible <laughs> quality of mine that Damien gets on oh, me we, about. <laughs> we do it all the time. No worries. <laughs> um, Alex assures Sophie, our, our Drew Barrymore here, that uh, he does have his own watering can. And then uh, manager Chris brings the conversation right back to Cora, is given the pros of working with her such that as if we need any, but I'm there. I want to hear him. Um, mm-hmm. She's a huge star. She's got tons of publicity. The money, the money, the money. And the cons are that no matter what, in 40 years, they'll both be dead. So we are working with older men. And we love that. We love to know that. We love to have age represented on screen. Uh, that is important for men especially. Important. For men. Men need that. Yeah. <laughs> they need to know that mm-hmm. they die soon. Um, no. Uh, then Brad Garrett says, Cora's shooting a video tonight, and we're going to go meet her. Um, I love this timing. <laughs> Yeah. As he is saying that, Sophie uh, pricks her finger on a cactus, which is an awesome plot device, and squeals because she's tiny. Um, <laughs> so small. Uh, Drew Barrymore <laughs> is wasting away on camera, and she says, ouch. Um, <laughs> so then this is the like first mention and one of like maybe three of her being a hypochondriac. Uh, she starts freaking out because he doesn't have antibiotic cream and she doesn't want it to get mm-hmm. infected. The cactus that's inside of his nice house in Manhattan. Um, and she just is like, I'm departing. Like she is, I'm leaving now <laughs> and I will come back to finish watering your six plants. You got it. Mm-hmm. Six plants need to be watered. She's like, I'll come back soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the scene closes on a beautiful blackout of Chris telling Alex not to give her a key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And thus my turn begins. And okay. what a good turn you have. You've got the chorus scene. You have the chorus scene. How lucky am I? I should have waited and talked about the bottom of her butt now. Um, anyway, so yes, indeed, as luck would have it, Cora is shooting her music video for Buddha's Delight uh, that very same night. And so Alex and Chris are able to go. Um, and I will, again, quote directly from our hosts here and saying she's got the sex appeal of Britney Spears and the cultural appropriation of Gwen Stefani. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. And say that yeah. also about a song. Yes, we're saying it entitled Buddha's Delight, which, yeah. yeah, look, it's the name. It could be the name of a restaurant. Could be the name of a dish. I mean, know? it's the name of a grain bowl in like every restaurant in California, I think. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so it's like, how appropriative is it? <laughs> Super. <laughs> oh, Shanti it's Shanti. The giant Buddha on stage at yeah. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, thing. no. And yeah. that Buddha 
is special. No, oh Shanti Shanti as as a greeting. Oh Shanti Shanti. Oh Shanti Shanti. Love, oh Shanti Shanti. Um, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I will say, um, <laughs> Buddhism is a religion. So you know, okay, appropriating or is this the spiritual path she's found? Um, <laughs> I will. Let's an apology think... <laughs> of Cora Corman. Let's fight for Cora Corman's <laughs> spiritual soul. I think yeah. we need to fight for it because it's in there. It's in there. No, it is, of course, horrendously culturally appropriative. Um, and she looks good doing it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she. there's so much, uh, like, the fog machines are doing an incredible amount of work. She's doing <laughs> incredible. We have all of our uh objectified male dancers mm -hmm. just remembered and again it's so perfect even if these details aren't intentional they become integral because at the end of this music video she's like lying down on all of her boys and the one who's most in frame is just like a white boy with cornrows and it's oh like let's do it all yeah let's do it oh, all they, they said we're leading yeah. into 2007 this is a bush era yeah. film. Uh <laughs> um, there are so many good lines during i mean that's something i'll just say of this movie like the joke writing is really good um tight anyway afterward they go back to meet with cora and her manager ray uh as i previously said mr shu obviously it's matthew morrison always a jump scare always a no jump scare. i forgot <laughs> i really forget that he's in this and he's not yeah. he's in it like this is this is no cameo he he sticks <laughs> yeah. around he has at least right. like three more scenes to go. Oh, yeah. 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 He is serving up something so specific and yet I don't think has like any self-awareness over it. Like, I don't know if he <laughs> thinks he's in on the joke, but it's like, no, no. this is actually how you come across. Um, <laughs> yeah. Big time blazer over t-shirt. Blazer with those over t-shirt. Oh my gosh. With the yeah. five o'clock shadow always. Yes. That is exactly what I was going to say. I remember, I am sorry, I digress, but like there was just <laughs> nothing cooler than like looking at the cover of a teen magazine and seeing like Drake Bell. Is he a pedophile? I don't know. I'm sorry. There was something bad. I'm not yeah, trying to spread there's some bad stuff. About there's some him. bad stuff. The point yeah. is yeah. people were rocking like a graphic tee with a blazer and I was like, that is so chic. Peak. Um, they said the style is... I've never showered. I'm never groomed. Yeah. yeah. And it's like one day I will wear that. And I think I will. I'm still <laughs> Yeah, I think but, you will. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Cora and, you know, she doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. She is spiritually attuned. Um, <laughs> she is a, an absolute sweetheart. I'm not even joking. That's something I really no, like about the movie. Yeah. Because there's a lot of room here. Obviously, they... Here's what I'll say. I think that they're more so poking fun at the industry and the commodification yeah. of these type of pop stars yes. than they yeah. are coming from like a misogynistic lens of like, oh, look at these uh, idiots. Because totally, she kind of knows what she's doing, but simultaneously, like she is a very sweet and sympathetic character. She's not a joke. Um, yeah, she's not like a diva or anything. And they don't go down that road, yeah. which I appreciate. Right. And she's also like, I want to dance. It's not like she's in this weird, like, the studio's making me shake my yeah. ass. Right. She's, like, autonomous in what she's deciding to put out there. And it's funny because this movie doesn't, like, have, like, a, a villain. 
There's, there's yeah. a, there, there are there are people who I mean Sloan Cates. Yes, yes, he's yeah. he's the closest thing we oh, have, yeah. but he's but not. We'll get to sure. that. We'll get to him, but he's not like central <laughs> to like the conflict no. of this film. Cora, the thing that Cora technically is our closest thing we have to a villain, but it's just because they give her like she sets the stakes of the movie, like she just sets parameters An for them to exist. Yeah, right. And but then like barely that exactly i was gonna say like as far as an antagonist goes she's just like yeah i need this movie like she just gives him a deadline that's just a deadline yeah. she's like i need it by friday <laughs> generally speaking correct me if i'm wrong romantic comedies don't have villains or antagonists because the conflict is just within the relationship sometimes i mean usually it's the if it's a situation where like somebody is in a relationship and then there's somebody outside of it like the, they always make the partner really evil right. so that you automatically root for the other couple because you're like that person's terrible don't be with them mm-hmm. yeah i think our most evil and they kind of do that with sloan but at that point like sloan is such a late introduction into the film that it's like yeah i don't and he's need... not a romantic rival no, right and like he yeah. like he could be but like it's not it's not doing any like like plot work by the time they yeah. introduce him we're already sold on yeah on, on drew and hugh wait oh my god the rhyme <laughs> amazing we, have i ever said Whoa. that out loud before wait a second are you a lyricist <laughs> wait a second how wait does it end <laughs> um okay <laughs> powering through um <laughs> So, yes, Cora lets Alex know that his song, Dance With Me Tonight, got her through her parents' divorce when she was seven. And, of course, he has, like, a charming little Hugh Grant moment where he's like, right, and that makes sense because I recorded that song when I was nine. Um, And, (laughs) God, I will say, like, I am going to be continually quoting Hugh Grant. And the sad thing is I can't do an impression for shit if anyone can please chime in but um anyway Certainly couldn't can. do it justice i'll try at a certain point and it will be really dreadful um anyway so she has been going through some emotional turmoil as of late because she recently broke up with her boyfriend of nearly two months and you know this is played for laughs sweetie i get it sometimes relatable can take you yeah. on a full ride um <laughs> Anyway, she then read a book called A Way Back Into Love, and that will be the title of the song. <laughs> that was a good impression almost. That was almost a good <laughs> core impression. And that will be the title of the song. Like, she, uh, <laughs> no, so she's so good. Um, and she's being helpful. She's giving the title. She's giving a deadline, which is like 48 hours. No worries. Um, mm. Maybe less. So she wants to sing it at Madison Square Garden in two weeks. I am sorry. I love the world of this movie. I love a world where an international pop star is like, I think that the main song from my tour at my sold out show at Madison Square Garden should be one that hasn't been written yet. Right. This world, this is, we are in a fantastical world here, although we have rooted it like with very strong criticism of the music industry. It is still completely blown out. Like it is not the world. Of course. It's very silly (laughs) and fun. So she wants for it to be a duo and they'll be singing it together um and they also want to have it out on the new album so they need it by friday um and i think they tether this to reality by saying we're not crazy we have seven other artists working on this so if you don't get it done someone will but um that's which i don't know i i like that as a stakes um but then okay thank god it's on this doc because one of the (laughs) best lines in the entire film cora says to alex if it's meant to be it will be it's destiny 
or not. And I truly <laughs> talk about a line on a page that the delivery through the roof, right? I like... absolutely wrote down in my notes, it's destiny or not. So good. Um, yeah. And so I'm true. absolutely going to steal that in in my daily speech probably. because like how yes. often can that line be relevant all the time it's always kind yeah. of destiny or not um mm-hmm. it so. kind of always is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's so oh, good gosh. literally the the end the end lines to scenes in this film yeah tight it's yeah. little buttons oh my god you, yeah it is like yeah. crispy tight mm-hmm so we go out into the street. Alex is freaking out because there's no way he can write a song by Friday. And Chris is like, man, you gotta, because we need this. <laughs> we need this. <laughs> and Alex is like, well, no, we're fine. Like, we got the state fairs. We have Knott's Berry Farm coming up. And Chris has to break the news that actually Knott's Berry Farm canceled. And I have no frame of reference for Knott's Berry Farm whatsoever beyond this movie because i am not american didn't grow up in america so i was just like is it real it's a it's apparently an amusement park i just assumed it was a fruit farm i thought it was made up too i was raised in new york state (laughs) they mention it so many times that's why i thought that it was made up because i'm like oh they're having a field day with this concept of (laughs) not very (laughs) far yeah they say it like five times in the movie i googled it last night it is real an an amusement park there's like roller coasters there Wait, Mo, you know about it? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, I love this. Okay. No, I also was in the same boat where I was like, they are addicted to how funny this was in the room. So they're just saying it. <laughs> they just love the specific. And I get that. No, and I, it, no matter what, it works. Yeah. Yeah. And like the stakes are high because Alex is devastated that Knott's Berry Farm has canceled. And Chris is like, yeah, like it's been 15 years since pop. There are new old acts coming up all the time. Like there's talk of a Spice Girls reunion, which did happen. And also Ricky Martin is coming back. And Chris says that they just need to refresh his image. And who knows? They might even get Disneyland, the white whale. So (laughs) big deal. Get me there. Get me to that performance. Love the Moby Mm -hmm. Dick reference. (laughs) Always, always. So – Alex is like, oh, but I thought I was done with this whole nightmare of songwriting and he hasn't done it in a decade and it hasn't worked with anyone since Colin, who, as we know, left the band and became a huge star. But Chris is like, listen, don't worry. There's this new guy who just worked with Avril is his pronunciation of, I'm assuming, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it locking in. Just work with Avril. I fucking love that guy. Avril. (laughs) Oh, so special. So we go to the song. <laughs> She's French now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we go to the songwriting session, and Greg has provided Alex with lyrics, which revolve around like being a vampire or a werewolf, a witch. Can I interject for one second? What's up? Give it up, I'm a bad hot witch. I look real good, but I'm a nasty bitch. I can and curdle your blood, but you'll die on your way back into love. Nailed it. It sounds very like meatloaf. Like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, I love that. Okay. We love that. (laughs) Okay, wait. Mo, you just got signed by Sony, which is us. Um, No, I I love a meatloaf reference. Are you kidding me? Oh, more meatloaf in this movie. Those white the white Rest uh, in peace. And say that I was devastated. Mm. (laughs) I was devastated. But I understand, yeah. The ruffly shirt. Come Mm. on now. That that was like very, very meatloaf coated. Thank you. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Yeah, major me love coded. Also, I'm really sorry because I was like, I have to jump in here. And now simply looking, I see that all of those lyrics are written out like as part of what should be discussed. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're, you're, good, sing you're, it good. Memory. you're good. I wasn't going to sing it. I wasn't going to sing it. So I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, um, needed, we needed the musical stylings on the pod for sure. No, and I did promise when, when asked to do this, I did say we will be singing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It can't not. Anyway. <laughs> Greg says that Alex is missing the point and Sophie sings to herself. Oh, yeah, because Sophie came. Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> she, yeah, Sophie came. She's water. She had to finish watering the plants, y'all. So she's just in the corner. She like, I know it's under the sink, right? Like goes to get the watering can by herself. I just find her so magnetic. So anyways, <laughs> she's watering the plants and under her breath, it just goes... Like, give it up, I'm a bad hot witch, but with some magic, I just might switch. But she isn't very cute. And <laughs> Alex is like, hold hold the motherfucking phone. What did you just say? And she's like, oh. It's like, this girl can water plants and she can sing. <laughs> Unbelievable talent in the room. <laughs> and Sophie's like, oh, I don't know. And Alex is like, no, no, that's good. Like, what's ne- what's the next line? Come on, what's next? And she's like, huh. I'm just here. She's like, I'm just here to do the plants. <laughs> and Greg is so mad. And he starts to leave. And Sophie is like, um, let's fly my broom up to the stars and we'll charm our way back into love. And Greg is just like, what's the next line? Feelings? Nothing more than feelings? <laughs> You people disgust me. And he like storms out. No, we got to pause for Greg. We have to pause for Greg. We have to pause for Greg because feelings, that stayed with me. So like, I and then yeah. obviously we just rewatched it. But last night I was like having, I was being emo and I just thought to myself, I was like, feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. No. And like who this actor is so perfectly cast, like these like yeah. big old wide eyes, like has never, didn't blink once on camera. I am certain like his vibe <laughs> is so crazy also apparently like this like fabled lyricist like storied and right we get nothing I, like like they're like no this is the best of the best of the best right like and mm-hmm. he's just and he's out we like we keep it we, plot the plot keeps moving and we say you're in the room yeah. you're out of the room yeah sophie drew barrymore is doing like classic drew barrymoreisms like i'm so sorry like doing her little lisp like being like no i'm so sorry right, like this right. is so not my thing that i normally do like freaking out hair touch behind the ears. Her. no like she is so, we love her as this character um and alex is like come on now you're such a star have you done any writing and she's like absolutely not like don't worry about me <laughs> she, um, this is what you're gonna never hit me she's like me <laughs> absolutely not no uh she she tells him that she writes slogans for her sister's weight loss company um and alex is like you ever heard of the band pop and sophie's like uh he's like yes but not me she's like it's my sister's thing um and she's like she's like not my thing she like immediately starts ragging on the like hair and outfits in the pop video that we saw already which we're all like yeah let's make fun of that um and and then she does the slow trail off of like wait it's you it's honestly I, she sees the poster behind it. It's oh amazing. my god! Of yeah. course, they yeah, have that she ridiculous does. Ridiculous hair and their ridiculous, ridiculous makeup, yeah. and oh my god, oh you're my one god. of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Damien 
This is etched. It's etched into the cockles <laughs> of your mind. <laughs> this is like your Rosetta Stone that <laughs> you've like chiseled. <laughs> Talk about you're hanging your coat on those hooks. Those hooks are in the brain. Um, <laughs> No, so Alex, <laughs> Alex is like, we got to talk lyrics. And Sophie's like, I can't. I'm so classic. Um, <laughs> she's, like, I she's like, very, very um, gossip girl. I got to go. Um, uh, <laughs> she's like, I appreciate it. But then she's like, I have to go babysit my sister's kids. And she is just like a woman about town. Little gig, yeah. Talk about gig economy. Too busy. Gig yeah. economy <laughs> lives yeah. with Miss Sophie over here. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm like, you've the rejobs. No, she's like she's cranking it. So it Alex feels is like, like none of them pay. Like no. yeah, it's it's yeah. a classic portrait of a of a grad student writer. You know, yeah, 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 yes. yeah big time. Yeah. It's give. It's definitely. I feel. I I know this girl. I've been this girl at one point. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, so Alex like yeah. chases her into the hallway. We love that we're already doing chasing. It's so special. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's like, I'm actually writing a song for Cora, name drop, okay? Um, and if she were to change her mind, just give him a call. Or if she fancies a good laugh, he's performing at the Hilton tonight. And let me tell you what, if you Grant ever asked me if I fancied a good laugh, <laughs> I'd be at the Hilton. I'm there. <laughs> Catch me at the Hilton, all right? Uh, <laughs> um, no, so Sophie, Sophie's like, thank you, but, uh, and then she, as she is wont to do, as is her wont, rambles mm-hmm. until she gets cut off by the elevator door closing and then... And on to the next scene, you know what I mean? My favorite is like, she's like, I can't, she says mysteriously, I just can't. And she like gets into the elevator. So funny. No, she was like her most charming in that like hallway into elevator, like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I'm sold on you. Yeah. 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 Drew Barrymore is doing an incredible amount with what's given to her. Oh, yeah. Grant is given everything. And he does quite well just playing himself but like drew barrymore it, it's clear that the movie was written for hugh grant and then mm-hmm. so anyway she because no like, it's magic what she's doing is magic. she transforms the role and really yeah because on the page yeah. it's really flimsy and, and like and so, it is thin <laughs> yeah and she re- makes that character charming and someone we want to root yeah. for just by by being keeping herself um so uh yeah sophie is babysitting her freaky little niece and nephew um <laughs> and <laughs> they really are and she's just being charming she's playing dance dance revolution and it's also worth noting this has been the case for some time now but she's wearing one of the most iconic fits of the film thank which you is button down vest um sort of conservative navy blue shorts with a belt black tights underneath yes over the thin scarf the thinnest of scarves no and the thin scarf this thinnest sparkly scarf yes. yeah yeah <laughs> this was an era for the thin scarf Montana. yes because 2007 was cranking them out honestly hugh grant's wearing some pretty thin scarves in this oh. too like we can't mm-hmm. we can't back sure that the way my mother loves a thin scarf still a thin cloth scarf oh yeah. gorgeous stick to it kind of jewelry no it's yeah it is like pure accessory no function just art yeah yeah i bet i could go to claire's and get some thin scarves sorry, oh, sorry yeah definitely definitely <laughs> i'm just like fuck i need it th- that's what's missing that's what's missing i need more yeah. thin scarves <laughs> um okay so she's playing and then they hear the parents coming home and she's like go to bed go to bed pretend to be asleep and enter Rhonda and gary 
uh, the sister and brother-in-law. And uh, they hear the kids giggling in their room. And Rhonda, we very quickly kind of learn the dynamic of the relationship because <laughs> Rhonda's like, go to sleep or I'm sending your father in there. And the kids are giggling and they're like, we're so scared. And then she's like, and then I'm coming in. And then they fall silent. <laughs> um and Rhonda senses something is up with Sophie because because she's so jumpy today, which is honestly kind of funny to me because from what we've seen, that is her. She's a jumpy girl. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just her five. default. Yeah, that's her default. <laughs> um, but Sophie is feeling guilty about something, and you know she starts talking about it, and she's always very flustered, and she's always multitasking, and she's like, "I met this guy," and blah blah blah. And basically, she reveals um, that she met Alex Fletcher. And he invited her to come and see him perform tonight, uh, which she declined. But as soon as the name Alex Fletcher uh, is mentioned, Rhonda is like enters a state um, because, as we know, she is a pop super fan. Um, and she screams, Gary, I'm going out. I'm not going to attempt the delivery on that one because it's too good. Watch the movie. <laughs> um, and runs to get changed. And Okay, briefly, what... Please take this out in post because shame on me. <laughs> but what is that actor's name who plays the sister? Oh, Kristen Johnson. Yeah, this was my other yeah. research because I used to conflate her with Kirstie Alley. Oh, as like like tall tall totally. robust women, right? Great comedic chops. Yeah. Yes, no, she is so funny. And then Kirstie Alley had like all of this like weird drama, Trump supporter mm -hmm. shit going on. Yes. And I and please understand that because I was up until then was the point where I stopped conflating them because I was like, we got to put this to rest. I was like, surely not Drew Barrymore's sister in, in music and lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> and I did my research, and it's Kristen Johnson <laughs> because. They they have like the same that same quality to them of like right like it, it is Kirstie Alley who falls out the window in Sex in the City right no it's Chris it's it's her it's Kristen Johnson yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god when she's like I'm so bored I could die yes falls out the window that's, that's her yeah yeah See, oh, and no. and okay and everyone who's listening you just heard it in action you just heard it yeah. in action. <laughs> This Wait. Mandela effect, if you are also affected, let us know. Yeah. It is like, it. no, she is so, so good. She is so talented. Kristen Johnston is six feet tall. Just yeah. yes. for reference. Talls and shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're on, just, I'm going to do Brad Garrett really quick because I think it deserves to be said. He's got to be like, six, what, six, six two? Oh. Wait, you guys, he's six, eight. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> Crazy. God. He's he's between six eight and six nine. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That is I, the tall. That is the tallest celebrity I've ever heard of officially. Because mm -hmm. Nick Braun is six seven. Nick Braun six seven. Nick Braun. Yeah, he's six seven. Yeah. Really tall. Whoa. Wait. So then, then I have to wonder. Sorry, we had we have to stop on the talls and shorts here. Because Hugh, Hugh Grant doesn't look that much shorter than him. That was exactly where I, my brain just went. He's five eleven. They're probably doing a perspective camera angle hugh grant is on an apple box through this entire movie when he's yeah. next to brad garrett that's the only explanation he's wearing big old platform I'm shoes sorry, six eight and try and get brad garrett and drew barrymore in a shot together nice try nice try hottie that's why they're only they're seated next to each other all the in the concert that's like the only yeah. time they're like really like in a frame together and they, it's like right like you have to get yeah. their heads <laughs> poor cameraman oh my god all right 
and we're we're at the Hilton. So big moment. Alex is performing at a high school reunion. He is performing Meaningless Kiss. It is like a sultry, uh, a careless whisper-esque kind of song. The ladies in the crowd, they're loving it. He is hip thrusting all over the place, totally in his element. Rhonda immediately runs, pushes everyone out of the way to get to the front row. Her and and Alex, they're connecting. They're having a moment. (laughs) As he says later on, a duet, a duet, in a way. (laughs) And Alex is doing the famous pop move when he ends up thrusting way too hard and pulls his back. You know, he's he's aged, so can't always be thrusting is a young man's game. But he manages to finish the song like a champ and then kind of limps off the stage to to take a moment collect himself i always had it i always when watching this the way he like limps off and then he sits like next to brad garrett and waves to the audience i'm like i always as a kid i was like get further off stage i was like <laughs> yeah. you don't need to be seen right now no every single time i was like right sight lines sight lines come yeah. on now get off the stage yeah if you can yeah. see them they can see you <laughs> exactly. okay no literally I was yeah like, i was like yeah. get yeah. further off the stage you can come on now you already, you already um, lived the around. first rule of theater if you can see them they can see you yeah. that i was like exactly. i'll be damned if i didn't hear that every day in middle school <laughs> Rachel, you as a kid watching this movie and just reading kind of like every joke as a plot hole, like <laughs> something that needs fixing. <laughs> Get rid of the jokes. Of yeah. No, imagine if I directed this. <laughs> no, I wanted a serious film. I wanted to see music and lyrics and no jokes. <laughs> music, lyrics, and no jokes. That's the new title of the film under my watch. Um, no, I, of course, me being, yeah, I was a really serious kid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can tell. <laughs> uh. So after the performance, Sophie and Rhonda go up to Alex and Chris, and Alex is like delighted that Sophie came. And that's when Rhonda just promptly shoves her aside and is like, Hello, I'm Rhonda. <laughs> and she's like obsessed with him, fawns over him. He grants being charming and gives her an autograph. And then Rhonda's like, Take a picture with me of. Alex with me and so they go to like take this picture and just Sophie's like now I'm gonna start talking and thanks Alex for his offer and that's when Alex recounts the story to Chris about how Sophie is a natural lyricist and Sophie asks why he doesn't just write his own lyrics but Alex is like oh I'm I'm no good you know I once rhymed you and me with autopsy and Sophie's like, hey, that's not so bad. Meanwhile, Rhonda's like, get the pick, bitch. Get the pick. <laughs> Her face is pressed against Hugh Grant's face in a way that's yeah. like, no, they are literally cheek to cheek in the most crazy way. <laughs> it's an iconic <laughs> yes. shot. Yes. Again, a, yeah. br- a brilliant yeah. comedic mind. Yes. Mm. And then Sophie goes, figuring out you and me is like doing a love autopsy. And he's like, there wow. she goes again. <laughs> Like, is there nothing she can't write? Literally mind blow emoji every time. He's like, she's a genius. (laughs) It's the emoji with the tongue out and it's like red and there's like a little sweat drip. (laughs) He's like, when she understands rhyming structures. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So Sophie comes up with the next line. They could operate all day long and not figure out what went wrong. And Alex is like, you're Cole Porter in panties. Actually, he probably wore panties. And then <laughs> Sophie's like, thanks so much. Um, but, you know, we have to go. 
and Rhonda takes a quick selfie, (laughs) then like she gets dragged out by her sister. So something's like, like what's happening? Yeah, there's Drew Barrymore's like biggest mo in this film is is the Serena Vanderwoodson. I gotta go. go. Um, She's being very coquettish. Yeah, she will be. (laughs) She will be escaping the scene as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Um, but Alex will not take that no for an answer, so he does go find her at her place of employment. Awesome. We love to I love when men do that. We love to be a little harassed by a man. <laughs> no means keep trying. <laughs> no yeah. means show up where I am, please. No, without <laughs> announcing it. Um, no, and this also brings us to finally seeing the 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 brick and mortar structure of Rhonda's business, which is a an absolute relic of mid-2000s diet culture. The amount of language in this film that is just diet speak is staggering. It Mm -hmm. is a little hard to listen to sometimes, but mid-2000s, a Bush era film, you bet it's going to be in there. (laughs) (laughs) The way that my parents would at least have a gigantic box of Nutrisystem meals in the house at all times. Totally. (laughs) Instead of simply just like making like better for you yeah, food. No, of I, I, I don't right. know. I don't no, know. this was like lean cuisine. I had some frozen lean cuisines in my freezer probably at the point of this film. You know what I mean? So it, it's like, yeah. it's very like that to me is like the most like era of this is I'm like, we were just like in the scene. Does he not literally ask the front, the, whoever's working the like front counter what her weight How is? How much she weighs. Yeah. Yes. And she Which, goes, I fluctuate. Yeah, and it's, it's like a really honestly, funny line. No, it's yeah. super well handled, all things considered. And it is very, the reason it's not like killing me is it's like that is very within the world of like the Weight Watchers kind of yeah. rip off they're doing here. Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but that is uh I w- that was something that like really struck me on this watch. I was like, oh this is like a plot point is diet speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um so yes Alex uh chases Sophie to where she works. Um and <laughs> and not only does he chase her there, he also was like I Googled you. Uh and we, yes, we get the reveal that she's actually she is a writer against all odds. Um, mm-hmm. She has actually written many poems and short stories for her school's lir- literary magazine. Um, she's like, thanks for Googling me and showing up at my place of work. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but that does not mean I can write a song. Um, and uh, Alex is like doing very much goading her. Is like, no, you already have. And just I need five minutes. So uh we get our first shot of Alex in the piano store where he is clearly a regular. Uh, he is greeted by his first name. He is constantly coming to play the pianos, I guess. Uh, which, and he also has I a do commend him for managing his money. Like, he's yes. not hurting financially. No, 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 no. He's like, I'm not, what am I going to do? Rent out a rehearsal room for this? No, I'm going to show up to the no. piano store. I'm going to show up to the yeah. piano store. Use my charm. Yeah. That's my resource that I'm going to bank on. And girl, it'll take, you, it'll take you miles. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, right. So they roll up to the right. to the grand piano shop in New York City. Haven't seen one. Can't wait till I do. Um, <laughs> and he has prepared the love autopsy lyrics that she absolutely spat. She spat that verse. He said, "I'll set it to music for you, girl." Uh, mm-hmm. He does it. She loves it. She goes. She, I think she literally says, "I love the melody." Like she's yeah. like she really says melody. Um, yeah. Uh, but then she's she's like doubling, perhaps quadrupling down at this point that she has never written a song. Um, he says probably, I think, for the second or fourth time that she is a born lyricist. And and that takes us back to Alex's apartment. Mm-hmm. As it does. <laughs> As it does. And include that, please. Um, <laughs> yes. 
So that, okay. Yeah. So he goes and he says, you know, ideally we can pick up, pick up where we left off with flying to the stars above and charming way back into love. And she's like, that's plagiarism. And he's like, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, anyway, so they set out to begin writing and I love that. It's just like, he is going to sit at the piano. She's going to stand at the piano and she's going to write a song. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she's really seeking inspiration. She's like, okay, it has to be something that Cora would sing about. And it has to be something that you would sing about. What would you sing about? Um, and he's like, whatever gets me the job. And she's like, well, that's inspiring, which will become, you know, a real thing in their dynamic. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So then we enter uh, our first montage of, I don't know how many, but... <laughs> they are kicking ideas around. Uh, they are developing their repertoire. Oh my God. The way that no, came out of keep me. It. Don't cut <laughs> that, that out. That. <laughs> I said what I said. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, and. Uh, you know, they're just having little moments. He starts playing the Jeopardy theme, um, which I do recall watching this as a child. Like, we were in a Jeopardy house, so I had no idea what that was. Same. Um, <laughs> but it, I did that kid thing where you're like, I don't get it, but I know it's supposed to be funny, so I yeah. think it's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> then he's kind of rushing her, and he's like, look, it doesn't need to be perfect. They're just lyrics. They're, they're important, but they're not as important <clears throat> as the melody. Uh-oh. <laughs> she thinks Uh-oh. Not. Oh, you just stepped in something. He says, no, the melody is like seeing someone for the first time, the physical attraction, sex. And he's like, I say, got that. And (laughs) um, then the lyrics are actually their story and who they are. And that's getting to know the true person and the combination of the two of them that makes it magic. And he's not yet convinced, but she suggests that they go for a walk. And I love when she says, it's like just so Drew. She's like, you go on a walk, you see things and hear things and taste things. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be tasting things on your walk. And it all unlocks your mind. (laughs) Um, uh, And so they put on their tiny little scarves and they step out into the Upper West Side and on a walk they go. So yes, they they head out for a walk and Sophie asks Alex, you know, okay, so tell me why Pop broke up. You guys all grew up together. And he's like, yeah, we did. But then Colin met this new manager who said that he was the star of the band. So he left and took with him the three last songs that they wrote and put them on his album. And I'm like, I don't know if you're allowed to do that legally, but he did (laughs) it anyways. (laughs) And he sold 8 million records. And Sophie asks how he dealt with it. He says, you know, with drugs, alcohol, and a solo album of my own. So we go into this big music store, and he pulls out a copy, the last copy of his album, which is on sale for, I believe, $9.99. You got it. And has been there for six years. And he knows because he goes back every single week, and he has, like, made markings on this album to ensure it is, in fact, the same one. And he says that Rolling Stone called it a crass, contrived effort, not even good enough for a dentist chair. And they were right. And she's like, oh, surely there were better reviews than that. He said, there were other reviews, but none as good as that one. (laughs) So he gave up on writing, lost a ton of money. But luckily, manager Chris stood by him and then ended up booking him an 80s reunion gig on Long Island. And suddenly, everybody liked him again. 
He says, it was like I'd never been away, and the audience was a tad older, as was I, but we were very happy to see each other again. <laughs> it was a good Hugh Grant, honestly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so Sophie, like, very earnestly thanks him for, like, opening up and sharing that with her and says that she knows what it's like to live with a shadow overhead. Oh my god! What? Oh, wait oh, a second! Wait, wait a gosh Fucking darn minute! Brain blast! Um, I think I'm onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a eureka moment. So we're in Alex's apartment. The first line of the song is, "I've been living with a shadow overhead," and Alex comes up with just like a beautiful melody to go along with it. Ugh. You know, slow but hopeful. And Alex wants to keep, like, pushing through, find the next line. But Sophie's, like, something – I can't remember any of her lines. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> get nom, 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 hungies. So <laughs> Alex takes them down the block to get breakfast. And I'm like, if there's nothing more romantic than waking up with someone and getting breakfast in New York, like, shoot me. Yeah. that's it. No, yeah. it's cute. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It's cute, Yeah. So Sophie keeps writing the song and suddenly, like they're walking down the street, she just freaks out and hides and she's like, I'm sorry, I thought I saw someone, but it wasn't him. (laughs) And who's the man that she thought she saw in question? Oh, the fucking display at the bookstore. And that's when she asks him if he is familiar with the book, The Incredibly True Story of Sally Michaels, and reveals... That she is Sally Michaels. <gasps> this is the moment. Like we're adding, yes. some, we're adding some pepper to the soup here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they get to breakfast. They're in the cute whatever little little cafe type setting, um, and Sophie uh, tells Alex her tale, uh, which is that she shined, shined up. She signed up for a free writing course at the new school, which was taught by Sloane V. Cates. Um, and no pause. She's like, I fell in love with him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and they started seeing each other. And then uh, she found out while, while they were presumably in the depths of seeing each other that he did have a fiance who was on a sabbatical mm-hmm. in Spain, um, as as Sloan Cates will be doing. Uh, yeah. And so that ended. They never saw each other again. And a year later, this book shows up in, in, in the zeitgeist, um, which she describes as a tale of a student with exalted literary aspirations who lures a brilliant writer into an affair so she can take advantage of his connections. But when he tries to break it off, she devotes herself to ruining his life. And let me tell you what, uh, I'd read it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know I'd read that book. No, I literally want to tell pretty boring honestly but (laughs) apparently everyone's just slobbering all over this thing um Mm -hmm. she says that due to this book uh whenever she picks up a pen she's haunted by what he wrote to quote she was a brilliant mimic she could ape dorothy parker emily dickinson but stripped of someone else's literary clothes she was a vacant empty imitation of a writer which is Uh. so funny because vacant just means empty yeah no (laughs) No. So clearly this guy's not so great. Yeah. 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 What's he doing? Oh, he's teaching a class? Uh, No, thanks. I'll pass. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No. uh, And of course, like, 
we love you grant just like receiving this and like trying to eat a little breakfast and he's like yeah for sure uh he's, <laughs> and he's like he's like don't listen to that jerk like you should get revenge by writing a hit song bring it right yeah. back to the plot Hugh. bring it back to the plot let's refocus let's reframe yes no we we love we love this therapy work done by, <laughs> done by you grant um anyway <laughs> <laughs> so she says a pop song isn't exactly going to impress Sloane Cates, which kind of thoughtless of her, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, of course not. I forgot pop was just for morons. Um, and then he makes this heartfelt plea where he says mm-hmm. you can take all the novels in the world and not one of them is going to make you feel as good as fast as. And then he sings. <laughs> <laughs> take a breath, center yourself. <laughs> I got sunshine. What if I just like belted this? No, oh, I got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. That is real poetry. And you know, I think it's like, why are we comparing art forms like this? Sort of mm-hmm. not a, uh, yeah, uh, not a zero sum game. Anyway, um, she asks, and he also, you know, he lists some of his heroes. Um, and she's like, so what if one of your heroes, what if Smokey Robinson uh, came up to you and said that you were a horrible songwriter? Um, and Alex is like, Smokey is far too nice for that. But Bob Dylan would. In fact, Bob, it's like, there's three things. Yeah, it's like, he's like, Dylan, Dylan would. would, Dylan might, Dylan did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I would be horribly depressed. And I also love this because he's doing it as like, this is theoretically what I would do, even though he just claimed it actually happened. Yes. Um, anyway, Dylan did. I would be horribly depressed. And then after months of brooding, I'd find a lyricist and write a song about that feeling. And it would be a big hit and it'd make lots of money uh, and be a lot less depressed and not let misery eat away at him and become creatively moribund. Yes. More about <laughs> what a word in this script. What a word! Yep, <laughs> somebody went to the thesaurus for that one. For sure. Absolutely shocking. Yeah. So this does this strikes a chord with Sophie. She is she's feeling invigorated and ready to try again. So we kind of cut to later on. They've written some more lyrics and they take these lyrics to sing for the doorman con to get some feedback. But they end up bickering because like, oh, he can't read Sophie's like chicken scratch because she's so quirky and like, oh, no, I sang clown over cloud. Like, we'll, we'll go back upstairs and keep working on it. So. Back up in the apartment, Sophie drags her chair over to the piano because she doesn't want to write from across the room. And he's like, oh, no, I feel like boxed in. I've never gone out the other side before. Like, I can't do it. So they rearrange all the furniture till they finally settle on a spot and sit down. And then he starts playing the Jeopardy music again. Yeah. And I just want to say that the guy, the doorman, is Asif Mandavi. Asif Mandavi, yeah. Okay, wow. I... Pronounced no. his name so wrong. It's okay. So I was a big Daily Show fan, and he was a correspondent. So yeah, I that's yeah. what I was thinking. And yeah. I wanted to talk about him too, but I'm curious what you wanted to say. No, I just like it's funny how small his role is because he actually has a really robust career. Yeah, and he's funny. And they didn't give him any lines. Like they, he has like one brief line. The thing that I was struck by every time I've rewatched this movie as an adult. And it's also very just um, common of the era is that, again, you have Azif Manvi, who is like 
this great comedic actor and they're just making him do the accent and right there's literally it's yeah. such a good example of like there is no reason for him to have an accent like zero he, you know not relevant <laughs> is like an american born whatever um and like is indian obviously ethnically but yeah there's no relevance yet it's just like oh that sounds funny period that's the whole thing yes um and it is always obviously just maddening thinking of like actors having to take those roles when they're so above it but anyway obviously oh, yeah. he's great and he still makes it compelling but just yeah classic 2007 yeah. thank you 2007 <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. So that night, Sophie is making them coffee. And I just want to say, really, quick, the way she haphazardly pours the coffee in between the I mugs. think about it Shocking. all the time. <laughs> I'm like, there's coffee all over the fucking counter. She doesn't stop the pour going between the two cups. Like she's in a diner, but like yeah. she's, she's looking at it. Like she's it's not, not like she's, yeah. she's not in a diner. And there's inches between the cups, it's yeah. not centimeters. No. Okay. Crazy there's fucking coffee all over it's that the counter. Same way she waters plants. Yes. Yeah. She's consistent yeah. and she's mm-hmm. consistent. This is consistency we're seeing. <laughs> so she says the chorus needs to sound different than the verse, like something sadder. And she still doesn't like her line about places in my mind. And he says it's fine. But Sophie is like kind of a perfectionist. And he's like, okay, I will let you change the line if we can keep the chord progression. But she's like, this isn't a negotiation. Like, the song is right or wrong, like inspired or insipid. And he tells her it is 4 a.m. And they are writing a song for someone whose last hit was called Welcome to Booty Town. And I don't know why he's saying that with any sort of opinion. That is a perfect yeah. song title. Yeah. <laughs> she then does correct him. She's like, it's it's actually called Entering Booty Town. Enter- Which is an amazing <laughs> line as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And also... Give me, give me an, uh, just an album with different iterations on that title. I'll listen to every single one. Wait, her remix album. That would be so cute. I want to hear the whole song of Slam. Yeah. Slam is <laughs> Which one's Slam? Mommy says yes. Daddy says yeah, no. Yeah, she's like, no, oh, yeah, no, I just want to slam. Yeah. No, the way. Oh, no, it's so like there is not a single song that they cut off of hers that I don't want to hear the rest of. Like they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I wouldn't give for her album. Yeah. Um, okay, it's no longer four a.m. It's the morning. We've we've moved on. Um, <laughs> Sophie is somehow like it has no concept of what watering a plant actually entails, so she continues to do it while she's there. Um, she, she's drowning them. She's absolutely drowning them. This movie uh, takes place over two weeks. No, the she's, plants should be watered <laughs> twice. Those plants should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At most, this these plants should At be most. dead by the end of the movie with the way she's behaving toward them. Fine. You water a cactus once a month. No, no, no. She's gunning that thing. Like she is <laughs> the things. The things begging for dryness. Um, yeah. No, she's she's been she's been a little to, to, to quote Hugh. She's been a little crazy with the plants. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so she's like she's like the the song is close, but I gotta water your plants. And he, you know, he like you know the we're we're building this sort of rapport between them. He kind of comes up behind her and sort of pulls the plant away, and he's like, "You can start killing the next one now." Um, no, it's so cute. So then they bring the song down back to I I don't know this actor's Con. name. Con or the, is, the, is the character's, character's name. name. Is, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Let's and let's do that. Um, they, bring the they were like, hmm. they're like, let's think really hard. Indian on that. name. Indian name. Mm-hmm. Indian name. Um, they bring yeah, it. They bring the song. Name. Anyway, go on. 
Yeah. And we say, okay. Uh, they bring it back down to Khan. They're singing it. They're doing it like it's like this cute little two shot of them just like grooving and being happy. And then we cut back to to Khan, who then this is this is now the motif of him is that he is tone deaf. Um, mm. And don't worry, they'll bring a song back to him anyway because that's funny. Uh, no, so we're back. We're we're now we're recording. All right, Alex is doing his awesome and i used to think I, watching this as a, when i was younger i was like that is so cool he's just doing every he's a one man band <laughs> oh my god keyboard he does mm-hmm. the bass by himself i used to play bass in high school i was like look at him go he just knows wow. <laughs> it's like he just knows mm-hmm. um he does the drums on the on the keyboard and uh yeah. uh so sophie like is fully also like saying lyrics to him she fixes spaces in my mind to corners in my mind yes at this yeah. point he's got like both headphones on his ears and he's like like very clearly doing the drums and she's like yeah he's like i'll leave you alone like the vibe is it's really sweet um this is also where we find out that he has a waterbed because she sits down on his bed he has a waterbed and just almost rolls right the fuck (laughs) off yes Uh, no my my note on that i did forget that part is just waterbed Mm -hmm. with like 18 exclamation points (laughs) i was like okay i was like and the 80s are alive and well um right (laughs) so uh sophie finishes up the lyrics it's done they have truly they are to the wire they have an hour before mm-hmm. cora leaves and we gotta set these stakes because there is a scene that will be worth it so it's <laughs> it's time for the vocals i don't know what what she thought was gonna happen but hugh grant like right. throws a mic in front of drew and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like and you're singing and he's like because it's a duet for a man and a woman and we're the closest that we've got it is like his delivery is so perfect it we is both so laughed really hard at that no yeah. it is so funny oh my god no we we re- that was that was a yuck moment yucking it up yeah. um well the the next moment is for me the moment in the movie where i just quote this line for no reason and nobody knows it's a reference to this movie wait, which one when he when he puts the headphones on her head and he looks he goes, you look very good. You should wear those all the time. Oh. That is, for some reason, is the line that is burned oh, totally. behind these corneas. The one I was thinking was when he says, it needs to be a little louder since the song is intended for humans. Yes. Yeah. No, this is honestly, this scene is ripe for the picking. Like, oh my God, <laughs> banger after banger <laughs> on the blinds. No, so good. So yeah, he throws the headphones on her. She's like, she d- goes like full Drew Barrymore mode. She's like, she's like, my heart's closing up. Like, she's like, she also, <laughs> when she's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah, and she's like literally fingers to her throat, like so, like mime style. <laughs> Like, like, I can't, I can't. Um, no, it's crazy. And then, of like, course, what's the size of my lymph nodes? <laughs> it's so funny. And then she starts singing, like, truly her most comedic genius. She starts singing, I don't know this volume, I don't even know it's going to pick it up. Did anyone hear that? Yeah. She's yeah, like yeah. whispering. <laughs> it's so good. This perfect line uh, of that it's intended for, for, for humans. Um, and then they uh, they go in for a second take, and well, god damn it, y'all, she's got pipes. Wow, the voice is just lovely. It's sweet. They sound great together. Oh, I love like just them like bobbing and recording. Mm. This is talk about cor- talk about the corners of my mind. Uh, yeah. No, she <laughs> is etched in there. Oh, so cute. Anyway, yeah. uh, and the song is so good too. Oh, it's like great. it's oh, it's beautiful, beautiful it's little pop song, raw and simple. And, yeah. Like, and on the and on the part where they go when he when he like turns away from the mic and sort of nods away, I was like, God, he is so unbearably cool. Yeah, <laughs> I used something that was like the coolest yeah. thing a person could do on earth. Yeah. Um, also, I just I feel like this is a good point to mention that this whole movie 
we're seeing so much of Hugh Grant's nubile bear chest. Like somehow True. they have decided <laughs> yes. to make him so yes. hairless. And he's always wearing like the most hideous necklace in the like world. Like leather cord. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like no. big metal cross, but like not, oh, mm-hmm. just crazy. And like a brown button down. There's a point at which he's, <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh so hard, but he's just wearing like a zip up hoodie with nothing underneath it. No, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, he rolls up. To, I think he rolls up to Cora in that. Like that yes, was like. <laughs> he does. Like it's perverted. Oh, yes. Like, yes. It's Cora. Yes. He's recording. It's when, it's when Cora and him are recording together in the booth. No, mm. that is. No, it was so insane. And yeah, it looks like a Costco. Like it looks like a Kirkland brand. <laughs> zip up you know what i mean like i don't know why but it does it Um, really does no he is slick like a seal in this film like (laughs) so awesome um anyway the verbiage that you guys are using right now it's unbearable (laughs) it's so good so now they have a demo and they race to meet Cora, and we have a Veselka and Sly Fox spotting. Hi. Yeah, it's Hi, literally it's a it's a two sh- it's a two second shot, and I was like, I know that bodega on the corner, so I like slowly rewind to see the neon sign of Sly Fox. Next that is so, so good. Funny. I did not even notice, although I did point out that their subway stop was my subway stop when I lived on the Upper West Side. So I am. Was it the seventy second? Yeah, exactly. Stop? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Anyway, they they run, they make it to the helipad, great word, um, and that's what it is. And <laughs> that never would have just, like, organically no. come out of me. I would me. say I like, the tarmac. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they give her the CD, and her assistant, who is uh, one of two Black people in the movie, uh, the other one being the um woman at the piano store and you only see her back (laughs) oh true yeah yeah. you don't see her face (laughs) but that is the one black woman um Mm -hmm. and uh, anyway he pops it into the walkman for her and you know she just puts on once again the over-ear headphones and she stands there in a state of complete zen i think it is appropriate to say certainly Um, is And she listens. And something that I really appreciated rewatching is like, it is believable. It's not one of those movie things where it's like, oh, and the song is over. Like she listens to the whole song Um, and they're having a conversation between them uh, in the meantime. Um, And she has no facial reaction. She's completely serene. She finishes the song. She removes the headphones and then she gives them both a hug. Uh, Actually, sorry. Well, it is. I do love that she hugs Sophie first and then she hugs Alex. Um, And she said. Or is a girl's girl. We'll see another moment for this later on. But she is a girl's girl. She absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, this is the song I've been looking for. Um, So Uh. she and the team hop in the chopper and Sophie and Alex are celebrating. And this is when we had kind of the first brush with uh, more explicit physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He like kisses her on the cheek or something and he lifts her up. And, but then of course they like undercut it in a very screwball rom-com way where he like drops her and like throws her and she's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, okay, no worries. No, I think the, the way they edited uh, Cora listening to this CD is so good. I literally, I've never noticed how good like it is. Like, she's praying. No, it's in the back, like, they go, they do 
the two shot of the two of them back to Korra, yeah, back to the two yeah, shot of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. way more times than I ever expect that they will. Absolutely. No, yeah. it is like true, and it's not. They don't. There's like no um like play at suspense. It is just showing the duration of time that it took, and I literally, I always, I'm like always like, and that's that's how it would go. You're right. I feel and that. that's jazz, baby, and that's jazz. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So to celebrate this victory, they go to dinner with Chris and his date, this woman named Gloria, who is like very dressed up. She has this beautiful like red dress and all this jewelry on. I was like, dazzle, dazzle. So they cheers to their success. But then Sophie suddenly freaks out because Sloan Cates has walked into the restaurant. Big deal. She like immediately loses it. Sneaks off to the bathroom, like hides behind a menu. We have some great comedy from Miss Drew Barrymore. Yeah, some school comedy. Antics. Antics. Yeah, <laughs> classic. She's crawling on the ground and goes to hide in the bathroom. And um, obviously, Chris and Gloria look at Alex and are like, What's up? And he's like, Oh, she does this all the time. She likes to work up an appetite. So he goes off to the bathroom <laughs> to check on her. And she's decided she's going to stay in the bathroom until he leaves and asks uh, him to tell the waiter to send her dinner over to the bathroom. And he makes a charming little joke. Oh, should I send the dessert cart over here too? (laughs) But he says, this is ridiculous. And she says that she's actually dreamt about confronting him and even has a speech prepared. Would you like to hear it? And he's like, absolutely. I would love to hear this speech. So drags him into the bathroom and she recounts her speech. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Prep. 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 Yeah. Sloan, even though Sally Michaels lives on paper, I live in the world, and I can never forgive you for using me as raw material to create a fictional monster. Sally Michaels is my own personal ghost, a shadow hanging over each phone call and cup of iced tea, and one cold day, when time has robbed you of your fertile phrases and your hand of its dexterity, all the success won't be able to shield you from the pain you've caused and the shame you deserve. Come on now. (laughs) Say that. Come on now. It's Let's, a great speech. That is a powerful language. Every cup mm-hmm. of iced tea. Yeah. Frankly, mm-hmm. Sloan, eat your heart out. You could never write something as good as that. Sorry. Never. Go back to the, <laughs> s- the thesaurus, Sloan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, she hits. She hits. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Alex tells Sophie that she has to go out there and say that to him. And she just sold a song for the biggest act in the universe. People wait all their lives to see an ex when they're on top of the world. Like, she could make relationship history. But Sophie's like, I haven't showered in days. <laughs> like, hel- the helicopter blew bugs into my teeth. <laughs> and Alex looks at her, and like, we also look at her, and I'm like, damn, they did make her look kind of like fucked up. And Alex is like, okay, you know, you look a little mangy. Like, wait here. Mangy. <laughs> so he has, um, Chris's date, Gloria, come to the bathroom, and she ends up switching outfits with Sophie and it's just like this amazing gorgeous red dress and she's like oh my god do I like look okay and he's like I mean I wouldn't go to like fucking church in it but it's it's <laughs> you look amazing yeah tits are out they're oh, up and yeah. out no about, in a way that yeah. like with when Gloria was wearing it it was mm-hmm. not happening no a really she funny so good she looks mm-hmm. so good a really funny line comes from the moment where they like emerge from the bathroom gloria oh yeah <laughs> no, i know this one and we both wrote this down gloria goes 11 years of therapy and i finally helped someone it's such a crazy <laughs> throwaway like what no, it's, it is like it's not a button they're like it's like it's the end of the scene but it is like throwaway as ever it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so wild and it's also mm-hmm. like i love 
I love that. I don't, I think she, she was like, I feel like she's acting, uh, Drew was acting very like wild, like at the top of this scene when mm-hmm. she's sitting at the table. She, I literally, she's like, she's like, Gloria, I love your dress. She's never looked or sounded higher in her life. She's like, Gloria, I love your dress. <laughs> like, she's like, the, I love your dress. She's never done a delivery like that the entire movie. I don't know if it was intentional or what. Anyway. It just sets her up for uh, for what is to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, now it's time to approach Sloan, uh, and we 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 see him schmoozing with his little his crew. He's out to a meal with, um, and Sophie, you know, works up the courage to tap him on the shoulder, and he is obviously floored to see her looking so so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, he kisses her on the cheek, and she like what whatever resolve that she got in the bathroom. Bye, bye, girl. Uh, See you later. Um, No, immediately flustered. Uh, Sloan is being, he's like being charming, but like, is he? He's not. He's In a gross way. He's He's kind of, he's doing the least. And she just like, it's just, I I feel like that makes it so abundantly clear, whatever the power he has. He's like performing charm, but not actually being charming. And it's like, again, you're sharing the screen with Hugh Grant. I mean, yeah, like, come on. So quickly, because at the start of the seen something that always cracked me up and continues to is that as uh alex and sophie approach sloan he's regaling a crowd of sycophants and he says he's telling the end of an anecdote and he goes should i have stopped should i have stopped there and they're all laughing and it's just like the most perfect way of encapsulating like this is an Mm -hmm. insufferable man without having to write too much so a great anyway no and his his deliveries of it is so good Mm -hmm. it's like the perfect drop like end of a story drop in i like you can write a million sketches that start that way and it'll never (laughs) be as good as him right um so yeah sophie like cannot bear the level of charm being directed at her um he he tells her that she looks incredible and that she was always quote mysteriously seductive yeah Yeah, puke sound (laughs) Uh, puke sound effect um so right alex is like i gotta get involved (laughs) she's like this is not working out the way it should he steps in he's like uh don't know if you know this but sophie is actually writing a song for the cora v corman um and you know, Sophie's like sputter city, like you know, I don't I know, like I can't say anything. And I, and I wrote, was it? Yeah. I wrote, and, and <laughs> I, yeah, d- no, it's like this cute. scene made me so sad. It made me feel really heartbroken because it's always like that too when you go up to someone and the power yeah. structure is so demented. Oh yeah. It's so also to have that narrative out in the world where she is this psycho ex who tries to ruin his life. And to see that paralleled with her actual interaction with him mm-hmm. just made me feel so sad. Yeah. And especially, I think, with the setup of, like, everyone always dreams about a yeah. situation like mm-hmm. this. Where, right. Yeah. It, it's tough. Yeah. But, you know, Alex really tries to make the best of it mm-hmm. for her. He's like, no, she wrote fantastic lyrics. Everyone's talking about them. And Sophie, like, it's really very more, like, classic. Like, her eyes have never been bigger. She's, like, yeah. looking at him, like, help, like, help me. Uh, and he jumps in and pretty, He's like, word perfect. his memory for, for yeah. such an old geezer, am I right? No, uh, his memory is incredible. He, like, um, yeah. I think it is word perfect. Recounts the speech she says in the bathroom. The um, few words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yes, 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 yes. Not, not the entire thing. But again, it's the beginning of the speech. His memory goes back that yeah. far. Um, and, uh, you know, the host comes over and interrupts the rest of the speech. Uh, and Sloan's like, all right, all right, sick fans, get on over there. Um, 
And uh, this is when he reveals that they're actually here to celebrate that uh, Sally Michaels novel is being turned into a yes film yeah. that I will never go see. <laughs> we are boycotting it. Yeah, we're boycotting it. <laughs> and he does such a good job of playing the like faux humble whatever he's like it's so embarrassing you know like when hollywood gets involved like uh no he's killing so of course this is a devastating blow every part of it um she is so sad as anyone would be and he's talking about how they're seeing actresses um and it it really is devastating to watch her like not get a single word in and, and I her don't... eyes devastating to look at like you can just see the fire dying yeah and i would have to think more deeply in terms of how i feel about those actual choices but regardless very sad um and he's like oh we should get together sometime and kiss her on the cheek and she's just mortified it went so horribly and she wants to go home um and this is like it's funny because I mean she likes it but it is this very classic thing of like a man defending a woman's honor against her will yeah big time (laughs) Um, where she's like I feel really bad and I want to go home and he's like actually no this is bigger than you now (laughs) we need to do this now (laughs) yeah um I am offended and I am gonna go over and start shit um but with that being said it is fairly sweet um so Alex you know approaches Sloane um and kind of grabs his attention and is like you know can you please just listen to her and what she needs to say and immediately sloan like drops the act of you know being a nice guy whatever it may be um and or even being civil you know pretending everything is all right and he's like i know exactly what she came here to say a sad story about how i ruined her life uh but the truth is she seduced me so that i would help her get published um and alex is like you were engaged and sloan's like talk later um and (laughs) then alex will not accept this and taps him on the shoulder and sloan pushes alex and suddenly they get into a little bit of a shove off um and it escalates into like it escalates in a fight but in a kind of funny way where it's like it ends with alex's face in the butter but then somehow he is like really injured he kind of gets him in like that arm twist sort of thing but it's his face because he's like oh oh my my face is in the butter (laughs) like at the very end the butter was right out of the fridge it was not soft (laughs) it did a number on him um (laughs) and uh, yeah and so they they head out of there neither one of them particularly successful in their pursuit of (laughs) revenge revenge doesn't feel exactly right uh reparation anyway so they go back to the apartment and like sophie helps he's like almost limping or something i'm like didn't look that bad (laughs) no yeah he's being dramatic yeah he's being dramatic i want to do He literally goes, he goes, my pop hip. (laughs) So he goes to, you know, chill on the couch while Sophie goes to get ice. And she's like, oh, my God, now I'm more of a joke to him than ever. And now I'll have my own personal nightmare in the form of, like, the Sally Michaels movie. And the worst part is that he still has this power over her and, like, she still cares what he thinks. And Alex is like, I'm sorry. How can that be? The guy is a jerk. It's not a question. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. The guy is a jerk. And just keeps going on and on. 
His voice goes yeah, so jerk. high, like I couldn't do he's it. A jerk. No, he and he like says jerk way more times than he should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. He then says that what he thinks is that Sophie is actually too afraid to lose Sally Michaels because then she'll have nothing to hide behind and she'll have to stand on her own two feet. Whoa. And Sophie's like, wow, I did not see that coming. And she's she's not like offended by it. She actually like, takes it very well. No. Um and he's like, yes, well, I have amazing insight. I use it on myself, except I don't have any problems in the classic Perfect. Hugh Grant way. <laughs> Perfect man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he says she's way too talented to keep from standing on her own. And she smiles and says that's wonderfully sensitive, especially from someone who wears such tight pants. And he said, <laughs> and he says to her, it forces all the blood to my heart. I love that Perfect delivery yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Literally so good. <laughs> So Sophie sits with Alex and ices his face and tells him that he was amazing tonight. And Alex is like, you were too. Uh, the two syllables you let out were absolutely devastating. And then Sophie leans over and kisses him on the cheek. And he says that makes it feel much better. And he holds her face and pulls her in for a kiss. And... They start making out to the piano version of Pop Goes My Heart. I did not notice that. I didn't notice it until literally this watch. I was like, hang That's on a second. amazing. Oh, yeah. No, this was like, I loved it growing mm-hmm. up. That I didn't notice how steamy it was until this watch. It's oh, like, yeah. I never really like registered it because it's just make out and then cut to, cut yeah. to post-coital. But like, it was, a, it was hot. Yeah. yeah, they do that cut. No, because there's a lot of pre-kiss uh thumb on mouth yeah action, he does the which is very mm-hmm. yeah and he also gets his hand up in those extensions yeah. he's like i'm lifting this hair to heaven mm-hmm. like no he is he's kissing <laughs> he's kissing all the way yeah. up the head her right? hair is like dry um, shampooed to the god so oh it's like Lord. so voluminous <laughs> and his hands are all up in it and it kills no it is really good and of course like don't get it twisted it is it, pg-13 <laughs> i'm sure is the Probably. rating of this it yeah. has to be yeah it, and 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 oh, isn't it? Because we get, the, uh, we were I we said something in our watch. How they ended up sleeping under the piano, which is what right. we see was our next shot, is a mystery yeah. to me. Um, I don't know what that choice was. I don't know if they were like, "Ooh, it's like a cave." Um, <laughs> but they do end. We the next thing we see is a, a postcoital lay down under the piano. Um, and Alex is woken up by his phone ringing, and he, of course, it wouldn't be a comedy if he didn't bonk his head on the old Classic. piano, huh? He like sc- like scurries out of there, bonks his head on the piano to answer it, and it's of course Brad Garrett's voice. What else would I want to wake up to mm-hmm. in the morning? Literally nothing. <laughs> um, he he goes out to the balcony and he's like, "I slept with Sophie," <laughs> and Chris is like, "Are you out of your mind?" Um, unless you like it, uh, and um, then. Uh, awesome like perfect like setup payoff like alex hears sophie bang her head on the piano and he's like right. oh she's awake and he ends his call with chris uh and sophie comes like wrapped in like what looks like a moving blanket like i'm like <laughs> if he's sleeping on that blanket it is not okay also on the balcony he's fully shirt yeah. off. oh yes mm-hmm. oh no we are we're seeing the slick seal we're seeing the seal slick because yes. they make sure to show the shot of yeah. him picking up his jeans to put on before his low low waisted mm-hmm. jeans before he goes onto the balcony <laughs> 
And let's right. just pause right there because not to get too lustful on the pod. Not here, to be horny on Maine, but <laughs> not to be horny on Maine, but Hugh Grant's body is something I want to touch in this yep. movie. His hips look delectable. Mm-hmm. I want to chomp on just them. Just a, a sweet looks- treat, you know? <laughs> there is something about like a fit guy who has like a little belly. There's some mm-hmm. stuff on him. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. not overdoing yeah. it. He no, no, looks- no, no, no. Like a middle-aged man who... He's perfect. Yeah. Right. He's he looks perfect. like a great-looking middle-aged yeah. man. Exactly. Like, it's not, like, freaky. Yeah. No. The smile that just came over my face. He is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? It's perfect. Um, no, so she comes out wrapped up in a moving blanket from any guy's truck in, like, man with a van style. Uh, <laughs> and she she's, like, she starts cleaning up while wrapped in the blanket, and very sweet of him like really like kind of like vulnerable he's like he he's like i'd like to invite you uh to stay but he has a show today at yes the long island amusement park that it's at (laughs) and he's like do you, I don't remember exactly how it says it, but it's like very, it's like really sweet. He's like, do you want to come? And she's like, no pause yet. Yeah. yeah. He's all in. This scene also reminded me because of the blanket, how in Charlie's Angels, there's that whole very long sequence where she's wrapped up in the sheet. I'm like, Drew Barrymore just loves like a little post coitus wrap up in a sheet moment. Mm-hmm. No. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. that one, yeah. she, she gets unwrapped from the sheet That's pretty quickly. True. That one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're not saying no to any tropes mm-hmm. that they can pop in yeah. here. They, yeah. Um, so they are at the theme park. Alex is on a very tiny stage, you know, just with a mic and um, the backtrack. And he's performing Pop Goes My Heart, which, of course, mm-hmm. as we watch, we're saying it's such a tease because you hear him singing a little bit of that and you're like, give me the whole song. Um, right. The moms are going crazy, but, you know, a lot of younger people are more disinterested. Um, and he gets off stage and Chris says that he has to do the encore. And he's like, do I really have to? This is embarrassing. Like, they don't want it. You know, it's so it's mortifying and draining to be out there feeling like he's performing for no one. Um, but Chris is like, it's in your contract. You have to do it. And then (laughs) Sophie gives him this really lovely pep talk where she says the songs are fantastic and they have great lyrics and melodic surprises and they're making people happy and they're just good. So he should be proud to sing them. And he really, it's great. Well, I love that. I just got chills, uh, hearing you say that. (laughs) (laughs) She said he should be proud to sing them. And if there's nothing I love, it's me fixing a man's confidence <laughs> yes yes build him Say up that. he needs it yeah yeah build them up so they know uh they can never leave you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um and you can tell that he really internalizes this uh perhaps because of the message or perhaps because of the messenger mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ooh, yeah <laughs> He can choose between a meaningless kiss, which we've already heard, or dance with me tonight. So thankfully, he chooses a song that we haven't heard yet. And he uh, sings that, and it's honestly a really low energy performance. And it made me think about Harry Styles at the Grammys because it's like. (laughs) Dead on his feet. Sleepwalking through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But anyway. Dead on arrival. uh, Yes. And, uh, you know, Sophie goes out into the audience, and he's kind of like. uh, And Chris, uh, the manager, mouths thank you to Sophie, which is very sweet. 
And then she's in the back waving her cell phone, uh, you know, doing the concert lighter thing and they make eye mm-hmm. contact. Um, and, and it's all very charmed. Yeah. It's a very sweet moment. Like it's a small little scene, yeah. but you know, we're seeing that the romance is growing. Things yeah, are, things totally. are moving along. It's all in. Yeah. They didn't do a, you know, we slept together, bye, 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 leave my apartment. They were like, let's hang out. Let's I keep know. Going. Let's I love that. Let's keep the fun going. Yeah. yeah. Structurally lovely. Mm-hmm. So after the gig, they are in the car. Shockingly, Brad Garrett does fit into this car, despite the fact that he is 6'8". <laughs> He's a giant. <laughs> He's a giant man. Mm-hmm. And Alex is asking how much money they made. And he's like, well, I don't talk business in front of a non-client. And Sophie's like, well, that's crazy because I'm actually thinking about signing with you. And he's like, well, in that case, I can't talk about one client's business in front of another. Am I crazy or is that kind of like audacious? Like who offered? Yeah. <laughs> I I had the same thought. Yes. Like, the gumption yeah. is Can shocking. you imagine going up to someone else's agent and being like, I was actually thinking of signing with you. Yeah. <laughs> I also love her. She says it like very normal. And I think it's I think the reason I've always accepted is because I'm like, she has no idea. Like she yeah. does not know. No, mm-hmm. it's so crazy. It's so yeah, crazy. it's really funny. And like what <laughs> whatever. Yeah. He handles yeah. it remarkably well for what a like wild line. He's it is. like, oh thank you, Sophie. But in that case <laughs> Her also like poking yeah. her head between their two heads, like while they're driving, like, oh, can I see? <laughs> Oh I love gosh. her. So Sorry. Alex is like, oh, you don't know how much money we, like, we made, did you? And he's like, I have a ballpark. And then he says, well, I hope it's at least enough for a nice dinner, which is what this entire scene is dependent upon, is literally just this line. <laughs> so that Sophie can be like, oh, my God, dinner. I was supposed to be at my sister Rhonda's for dinner. But hey, it would sure soften the blow of me being late if you came with me, Alex. And he says... Yes. Unbelievable. Just Alex. Brad Garrett does not get an invite. Which is an awesome scene. It's so rude. And then there's just like full silence. And he says, I can't go. (laughs) No, it's so fucking crazy. I'm like, oh, hey, driver, can you just drop me off at my sister Rhonda's house (laughs) in Long Island? It made me kind of mad. Like, invite You insult this man by saying you can just sign with him as if there's no no prerequisites, (laughs) and then you don't even invite him to your fucking sister's dinner? And we know he's a divorced man. He's got no plans. Right. Yes. No, he is divorced. (sighs) That is so true. You let him go to dinner by taking his, you know, date's dress. Put on Drew Barrymore's smelly songwriting clothes. We didn't talk about that. I always thought like, ugh, I would literally rather walk out of a restaurant (laughs) naked than put on Drew Barrymore's mangy clothing after that. You know what I mean? Like every time I was like, I can't believe they switched. I would have found something else. I would have gotten a tablecloth. That's so funny because I actually feel like if I didn't shower, I would never want to put on a dress. I would feel like disgusting to put something on that was skin tight. Yeah. Like I'd rather confront him in my mangy clothes. Ah, uh, right? no, I know what you mean. But <laughs> I don't know. I think like my brain is scrambled eggs. I don't know, whatever. So <laughs> for dinner, they do go to Rhonda's house and Rhonda is supremely frazzled to have Alex over for dinner. It's like if I was hosting dinner for my brother and he was like, um, can Nick Jonas come? And I'd be like, I suddenly can't breathe. I can't breathe. Already made the dinner. You're like, I guess this is what it is then. (laughs) So Rhonda is just like loading his plate up with pounds of mashed potatoes. 
And he's like, oh, thank you. That's so generous. And she's like, more. Take it. Take it. Yeah. And <laughs> Gary's phone rings. And she's like, Gary, like, we talked about this. We we have a no cell phones at the table policy. Like, God has set an example for the kids. And the kids are like, can we go to Cora's show? And I'm like, first of all, Welcome to Booty Town is one of her singles. Is no one fucking scr- – you're like, no <laughs> phones that. at the table. Music? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's actually entering Booty Town. Yeah. Oh, yes. Entering Booty Town. Thank you. Dramaturgy. Dramaturgy. <laughs> so, yeah. We got the dramaturg uh, Damien on the pod today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Alex says that they could probably work that out. And then his phone starts ringing and he's like, my apologies. I will turn that off. But then Rhonda's like, oh, honey, you're a guest. Go go take that phone call. And it's Chris calling. Cora is back in town tomorrow and wants them to meet at the studio to uh, work on the song. And thank God Chris could take that <laughs> yeah. phone call because he wasn't at dinner. Yeah, imagine yeah. if he was. Putting in the hours mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Alex asked Sophie if she's worried He's like, oh, are you worried? She's like, I'm not worried. You look worried. Oh, I'm not worried. You have your worried eyes like a worried little doggy. Roof is the exact exchange. And she says roof. That is She honestly, says roof? To me, that was... Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that. That was the moment where I was like most sold on their chemistry. Can someone make yeah. a gif out of that? No, it almost Listeners. it's almost not. <laughs> yeah, someone has to do it. But it's almost like you need to hear his delivery going like what? Little doggy. But he's like so yeah. short and crazy. It's like <laughs> No, it's re- it's Yeah. Really, and then we have really like cute. a cut to Rhonda's face and she's just like what the fuck? <laughs> Cuz like obviously mm-hmm. they're in love. The, yeah. <laughs> So, and to quickly follow up on that, uh, while they're cleaning up after dinner, Rhonda really catches just, Sophie is doing like just puppy dog eyes, watching Alex DDR with the kids, whatever, like he's being charming. Sophie's Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. No, it's really cute. So Rhonda pulls Sophie back into the kitchen and she's like, I can see you're falling for him. So just make sure that he's passionate about you because famously a career guy. Um, And, you know, Drew's like, I'm not falling. We're just working together. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was actually pretty good. Uh, um, And then she, uh, you know, casually throws in that they slept together. Uh, um, And Rhonda, obviously, what would you do if your sister slept with Nick Jonas, right? (laughs) My Uh, non-existent sister. what would I do if my brother exactly. slept with Jonas? I'd, I think I'd go. I I would be. I would have to be institutionalized because I would just be like, so many Say things that. have changed. Yeah, there's a, a lot, lot to take in to there. Take yeah. In. yeah, there's a lot to take a in lot. there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> things have changed for all. Um, I had to say it once on the pod. Um, Finn with the opera <laughs> shout out. Anyway, <laughs> shout out, uh, Rhonda. <laughs> shout out, Phantom. Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, and it all comes back, full actually. circle. Uh, <laughs> So Rhonda's like obviously freaking out about about Sophie's uh, sexual endeavors. Um, and Sophie like very sweetly is like, how do you even know if someone's passionate about you? And in a like genuinely earnest moment, Rhonda's like, you can see it in their eyes. You can feel it in their touch. And in Gary's case, it was when he told his mother he was marrying Rhonda, even though she didn't approve, mm-hmm. um, which is like, Beautiful. you know, classic, perfect, yeah. sweet little joke structure. Uh, and then she like comes back to it's like it's when they do something extraordinary. 
It's when they do something extraordinary. Hugh, you're going to have to do something pretty extraordinary. Put that away in your back pocket for later. Tucked it into my Mm -hmm. back pocket. We'll see where that goes. Um, She then, like, gives Sophie the warning to be careful. And uh, Sophie goes... Uh, back to see see him teaching the whole family the old the old hip hop um my favorite dance yep. move on earth <laughs> <laughs> um the two of them leave Rhonda's and they confirm that they're gonna meet at Corey's studio tomorrow morning and then he says that he's taking a cab and he's like well you know like seeing as I live in uptown view and you'll be on the way to Corey's studio uh i could pick you up and we could go together and she's like well i could be waiting outside at whatever time um and says that she'll be dressed in bright orange so he can't miss her and he's like oh good you can get some road work done during- <laughs> wait, wait. Like, just honestly <laughs> like a sweet yet another example of just like pretty good joke writing um yeah it works because of their chemistry and delivery yeah we're all aboard the banter bus at this moment oh yeah exactly. two two exactly. yeah <laughs> um and they have a sweet little moment he thanks her for inviting him to dinner um and for being at his gig uh earlier they've been hanging day. out for like 48 hours yeah probably longer no Four they days. really have mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. It can like, be like that. It's a lesbian first date. They it really is. Of it. I know. Heard of it. And they, you know, have kind of a peck. Um, but then he stops and holds her face. Once again, he loves to hold her face uh, to kiss her <laughs> properly. And then they awkwardly say goodbye. But of course, they turn back and wave at each other before leaving. Ugh. Love the turn back. Like, you have to. Also, I always noted when he was holding her hand in the scene, like those mm-hmm. massive white cuffs <laughs> yeah. that he has. Yes. Like, yes. so It's like the size of her face. It's such a funny shirt. Um, and then after this, we have this <laughs> really ham-fisted parallelism where we see that Alex has uh, purchased the Sally Michaels book and Sophie has has purchased his solo CD. So they're both consuming the art that is the shadow that hangs overhead for one another. Because, you know, they they did the music, they they had the sexual thing, and now it's time for the lyrics. So, Ooh. yeah. Say that. Yep. So we then go to the studio where they're going to work on the song together, and Cora says that instead of the the beautiful little piano intro that Alex has written, she wants to do a heavy Indian rhythmic thing. So she asks Derek for a beat and tells him to make it steamy and sticky. And he just starts Gross. like beatboxing. <laughs> yeah. Etched into my mind. Etched into my yeah. mind. I love it. So he's beatboxing. <laughs> And we see there's also like a guitarist there. There's a sitar player. And she's like, way back into love. And like gyrating. That was great. Yes. It sounds good. Do that again. Honestly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not even was... warmed up. But <laughs> 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 she's like dancing and like slapping her ass and gyrating and like full on just moaning. Mm-hmm. And the moans are like randomly yeah. ADR'd for a lot of this scene. Like they mm-hmm. are so off camera. Like it's not her face. And then we just hear, oh, yeah. yeah. And like just out of nowhere. I'm like, I love the world where she had to ADR her moans. Mm-hmm. And Derek, <laughs> while he's beatboxing, is like way back into love. Cora, Cora, like in the background. <laughs> no, I love a hype man like that. Yeah. He was really serving. Yeah, confidence on Cora <laughs> cannot be unmatched yeah it cannot be understated i love it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So <laughs> Sophie is pretty horrified by this. And she's like, you know what? I think I will go get some wheatgrass after all. And starts to excuse herself. Cora notices. So she stops and is like, you don't like it? And Alex is like, no, 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 no. She's, she's been eyeing that wheatgrass since we walked in. It's it's great. It's steamy and it's sticky. Like, amazing. Luckily, Ray comes in quickly. Matthew Morrison is like, Cora, we got to go. You got to press shoot. And Cora's like, okay, great. I really like what we came up with, um, but I just want another verse. It doesn't feel like the song ends yet. And she also invites them to a pre-recording party at her place tonight, which seems mm-hmm. pretty elaborate to me. But she is throwing a giant party <laughs> and wants them both be- to be there. And Sophie keeps trying to like interject to be like, hey, I don't think you should do this to the song. But Alex just like makes her shut up by having her like bow over and over again uh, while Cora leaves. So, yeah. yeah. Shanti, shanti. Shanti, shanti. <laughs> so out on the street, Sophie starts going off about how horrible Cora's version of the song is and says that they have to tell her. And Alex is like, it's her song. Like if she wants to dance, like we have to let her. But Sophie is dumbfounded and says that his heroes would never let that happen. And Alex says it's completely different. They write dinner. He writes dessert. And Sophie is like, you're better than dessert. Mm. And says she's going to tell Cora the truth at the party. Alex has like, he is the captain of the sellout club. Ship. Like, I don't yeah. know how else to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, honestly, like, He's not even saying no, like, uh, no, I don't think we should do that. He's like, I could not care less. Like, we did our job. No, I have no desire. And he also says in that case, like, she's no longer invited. Like, I'll go because I don't want to be rude. But, like, she technically invited us together. And since you are disagreeing with me, like, you're uninvited. And Sophie says that she doesn't want to be rude either. And... He's like, well, it's rude to go to a party and tell the host that she's simultaneously destroying two musical <laughs> cultures. And Sophie is like, I'm going, gets in a cab. Love that in New York, you could just be like, I'm going, cab. Yeah. Cab, where else can you just make an exit <laughs> yeah. like I gotta that? Go. I got to go, cab. No, my Serena Vanderwood's in yep. star. I got to go, mm-hmm. cab. Duh. Uh, ma'am, no, where I are you going? It. Home. <laughs> where do you live? <laughs> Take me back to my house. (laughs) No, I love it. Um, Okay, now it's time for the party. Famously, maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Um, Oh, I'm so happy I get to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) So Alex and Chris meet up. um, And they see Sophie trying to get past the performers on the stairs. Famously, these performers, how good are they? These white living sculptures. That is, I was like, is that an ETW show? Right. Literally. No, seriously. <laughs> and like watching Hugh Grant like kind of teabag one of them as he's like like maneuvering himself up the stairs. Like he literally like he, I while we were watching it, it was like literally I was like to be that more right. suit, you know, like he's like crotch right, right, like right. grazing the top of someone's head. I think that's the best representation of what Christina and I learned at NYU. Yeah. I would say so. <laughs> and I and I hear that and I believe it. Yeah. And I saw some ETW shows and I can yeah. confirm actually. Um, no, it is it's so funny. Wait, does when does Cora say the roof it's upstairs? After they well, chat, she right? says it, yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so 
Drew shows up. She's like, she like has brought cookies. She's like, my mom told me to never come to a party empty handed. Um, she's got like, I don't know, pick your cookie. Uh, she's also wearing this like in just like wild little number black cute dress, and then this like this printed yeah. coat. Like it the is coat a is like coat. White, black. Like yeah, oh, she looks great. I love the hair is done. She showed up. She said, I'm coming to this party. Cora eventually joins joins the crew. Uh, she goes over to them, and Sophie gives her her cookies. Thank God. Uh, and Sophie starts talking to Cora, um, and and Alex is like, absolutely not. Grab classic comedy thing. Grabs an order of pops in her mouth. Is like, no more. Um, Cora, Cora's like, I wrote it down. I can't remember exactly. She goes, we have to go see the roof. It's upstairs. <laughs> and they like, it's like That's perfect. Really I could never mm-hmm. deliver it as well as she can. No, it's so good. Um, so Sophie's like trying to talk to Cora. Alex is really trying to cut her off. And Sophie comes back in and Cora's like, no, let her speak. A girl's girl. Mm-hmm, exactly. She's like, hold on, Alex. Sophie was saying something. Sophie? Yes. And she's like, and take your space, other woman that I'm interacting with right now. Um, Sophie's like classic, like trying to placate her. She's like, I love that you're bringing your own special thought to the music, but it does feel like you're pandering. Um, Right. And she like reads into the song, right? The song is about the struggle to show your true feelings and her confident sexual display is a contradiction to the fear and insecurity, which like, okay, slut shaming. The way she says it is very slut shaming. Like that line could have been done differently yeah yeah it was like shot surprisingly so and i don't know if like she was directed into that just Mm -hmm. to like make it hit harder or what yeah it's it's the emphasis that she puts on like confident sexual display that makes it kind of like i honestly feel like the words confident sexual sound fine but display makes it sound put on yeah yeah i agree it sounds like something like a mother would disapprovingly say in a way that also doesn't necessarily feel like like you would just look so much more flattering in the one piece. Yeah. <laughs> totally those vibes. And honestly, whatever the delivery of this line was, it was worth it because yeah. then we <laughs> get oh, my yeah. favorite line, maybe in all <laughs> cinematic history. Cora says she doesn't think so and that her fans love it when she dances. And her last CD only went to number two. And Shakira is breathing <laughs> down my neck and I just want to dance. <laughs> And that is my girl. And that's my girl. I just want to yeah. dance. And that's on Cora. <laughs> and and that's on Cora. Then yep. she shall dance. <laughs> and Cora thanks Sophie for her honesty. And she says, I cherish your passion, which is beautiful, even though she's like, however. Yeah. Not no. listening, but love the input. <laughs> love that. No, yeah. And honestly, that's how the turntables. Yeah. Like she's the star. Yeah. And then just at that very moment, and we were dying at this because Ray, again, for those who may forget, Cora's manager, looks so much like a just um, sail rack Justin Timberlake. Total knockoff, yeah. (laughs) And then he is like, Cora, you have to go. Justin Timberlake is here. And we're like, yeah. oh my God. Uh, and we were saying, they were like, they did, they were like, just say any celebrity. And he was like, oh, I'm going to say Justin Timberlake. Um, so Sophie's like really trying to continue the conversation, but you know, it's over. Cora's gone. So Alex says to Sophie that she's stubborn and she's like, well, you're not stubborn enough because you're not standing up for what's good. And she doesn't want to see him do what he did with his solo album. 
And that's when she reveals that she bought the last copy. Um, and, you know, it's like he was trying so hard to get a hit that it just wasn't him and it was completely soulless. And he agrees that it was soulless, but he says, our song has soul. And then Sophie points out that it won't if they don't fight for it, which is so true. Um, but Alex counters that it really doesn't matter because behind all of Cora's Buddhist philosophy, what she really cares about is the bottom line, having seats filled, um, and that nothing is going to make her Sophie's pal any more than Colin was his because at the end of the day, it's just business. And it's clear here that he is projecting a lot yeah. of his own hurt. <laughs> yes, say that. Um, and, you know, there is some truth to this, perhaps, but certainly he's he's operating from an unhealed place. Oh my God. I yeah. like that verbiage. You're operating from an unhealed place. I can't talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can that. use that on I will anyone be, I will be, I will be, Take for it. sure. Um, but it's also, I guess, the lovely thing about this movie is that when he says, oh, at the bottom, the bottom line is she cares about seats filled. Actually, that doesn't end up being true. Yeah. And it doesn't because we she her origin story of getting him involved was that exactly. she had an emotional had connection to Alex. Music. Like she right if if she wanted to if she wanted to have seats filled, frankly she would have right, yeah. with Brittany. She could have done it on her own. The seats are already filled, babes. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're at the core of the film. Yeah. We're at the core of the film. Yeah. We <laughs> see some real. Oh yeah. Operating from an unhealed place going <laughs> yeah. on coming oh, up. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, don't we? Yeah. They go back to the apartment because they have to write the added verse that Cora wants for the song, and Sophie just sits there like clicking her pen, and so eventually she starts writing and she puts the the legal pad on the piano for him. And she's written, sorry, I can't do this. And he thinks that, like, this is a lyric that she's written. So he starts singing it. But she puts on her coat. And he's like, you're you're leaving? She's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll think of something later. And he's like, there is no later. Like, she needs the song tomorrow. We have to do this now. And Sophie apologizes. And like, you know, like, I want to help you finish. But I just, I can't write when I feel uninspired. And... Alex kind of flies off the handle at this no, point. No, say that. He yeah. fully flies off yeah. the handle. Can you say it with me? Operating from an unhealed, from an unhealed, unhealed place. 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 Oh. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so Alex says that he doesn't care if she's inspired or not. He just wants four lines. And he says that she, she says like, oh, I can't do this. And he's like, no, you can, but you won't. And this is what you do. You push and you push and you move the furniture around and you talk all the time and you screw everything up. Just like he said. So sad. I feel like I'm tearing up. And yeah. poor thing. Yeah. No, she like, she is already like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, as she should be. Yeah. So it gets worse. Yeah. So she asked who he's talking about and Alex reveals that he read Sally Michaels because he wanted to be able to go to her and say you're not like that but actually <sighs> devastating Sloan had her spot on mm -mm. And she's like what are you saying yeah she can't even believe it yeah it's so 
oh, it's like you you can't like turn on somebody like that mm-hmm. and use that no. like emotional blackmail on them. Like it's insane. Yeah. So she asks him to take it back and he says, oh, you know, you're you're the poor, innocent, helpless. Oh, I can't write girl who's written three quarters of a song and is now holding it ransom because you can't get exactly what you want. You think that life is a fairy tale. And when it doesn't turn out that way, you can't deal with it. <sighs> Not even like where the fuck right. did this come from? Yeah. Frankly. I know. Yeah. Just when we were watching this movie, we were saying like, that is unforgivable. Unforgivable. And I truly feel in the screenwriting, like it was a poor choice because yeah. they could have done a lot less. They could have yeah. done a lot less. You like, can't unring he, that bell, you know? No, he went way too far and it does betray like a kind of badness to his character. You know, like it's, you know, people say things they don't mean, people hurt yeah. one another, but like, and it was really, set out of really selfishness and per- not out of like retaliation yeah. right like it wasn't as if he, she had said something yeah. first to him and he wanted to get back at her it was like full no. hardcore i'm gonna dig into your worst insecurities uh-huh. yeah yeah like she doesn't what she says about his album is mostly motivating right like when she no, like he agrees. Gives, yeah. yes yeah and it's and so do we all right mm-hmm. i think it's a like if it was retaliatory like if they had dialed it up this far for his like like banger of a monologue like at least dial hers up a little bit more right. do you know what i mean it just felt mm-hmm. so unearned because yeah. hers was so mild right yeah and the fact that it's not even a fight like she is so broken she's saying to him like please take it back and he's like no i'm gonna double the fuck down like it's yeah yeah, it's bad and also make like really he like really focuses it i feel like the second half of it after she's like take it back Mm -hmm. he's like like holding it ransom i'm like come like you have been interacting almost non-stop for this amount of time that's not the language you should be using about it either right like it's just so off base i feel like and there's so much projection in it too. Like he's like, "Oh, you push and you push and you push." And I'm like, "You push and push and pushed her Absolutely. to write this song with you, yeah. and you are the one who is now freaking out because you're not getting exactly mm-hmm. what you want, which is this mm-hmm. song done." Yes, uh, sound a little unhealed to me. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sophie leaves, and the next day, Alex goes to the studio where Cora is recording a song. I think it's Slam? Question mark. It is Slam. Yeah. He's like, hey, Cora, like, you know, the last verse hasn't really quite come together yet. It's kind of just like a free flowing, like the words can be in any sort of order that you want them to be. And Cora's like, no, I love the last verse. Um, Sophie sent the lyrics over this morning. I think it's beautiful. It's what I've always wanted to say to my boyfriend. And they record the song together. And Alex hears the verse for the first time. And it's, there are moments when I don't know if it's real or if anybody feels the way I feel. I need inspiration, not just another negotiation. I got full body chills as you read yeah. that. It's yeah. very beautiful. And I could hear this it in my, my head. my favorite verse, yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Bringing back the word negotiation. Mm-hmm. Perfect button. Love it. Yeah. Love, Love her. her. So mm-hmm. like any normal functional human, Alex is struck by this beautiful verse and what Sophie wrote, because it's also just directly paralleling their relationship over the past two weeks. Ironically, if they never had that falling out, she would have never written this. 
but mm-hmm. yeah okay my <laughs> thing is know. also i've always had a weird i i'm always surprised that they have her do this off screen i think that's such an interesting movie choice because it is pretty pivotal i mean it's pivotal i don't have an opinion on whether i like it or not i just like i've always been like oh we don't watch that happen that just gets delivered yeah. to us we just get yeah. to watch his reaction to it basically which yeah. is all i ultimately need i think it works because it's like we don't want to watch her write a song alone yeah i guess it's so. hard yeah she's left know. she's gone yeah, yeah. there's yeah. probably nothing that we would have gotten from seeing it but i was always I, when i was younger actually i was like oh, we never i do think it's it. an interesting <laughs> choice to not ever show her apartment oh good point yeah yeah, Maybe yeah for budgeting reasons i don't know yeah because like as much as it is a it is a rom-com like alex is the main character totally certainly yeah 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 no uh and also let us not forget that this is the scene where he is just wearing his kirkland yes. zip-up hoodie oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> just headphones and a hoodie baby that's all you need in the business he's like oh this hoodie oster plays kmart heard of her <laughs> oh r.i.p pour it, one out and honestly mm. if there was one r.i.p for this it is yes. <laughs> when i talk uh, to people about the oster place kmart and they don't know what i'm talking about i'm like you just got off the bus from fucking bumblefuck <laughs> you just yeah. got off the bus it was an institution <laughs> no it 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 literally costumed so many shows <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't like do a little hula hoop moment downstairs in the astro place kmart and then no. go to the subway you don't know then you don't know anything you about are the city fucking, yeah. you're a child you're a baby yeah grow yeah. up yeah <laughs> get, grow a job. get a job <laughs> grow up um to get back to growing up maybe <laughs> maybe healing um <laughs> Hugh Grant uh, does again show up at Sophie's place of work. Um, the family weight loss yeah. business. Yes, he will be rolling up. He uh, he brings some gifts for Rhonda's kids. She's like, she's honestly giving neutral in a way. Like she's just like not impressed. She's right. not having it. Um, he's like, are you coming to the concert? She's like, yeah. Well, I can't disappoint my niece. Um, and he finally like gets to the meat of the conversation. He's like, the last verse was fantastic. And he says the tiniest apology. Yeah. There is an apology. He does apologize. Mm-hmm. It is small. We had to rewind to catch it because yeah. it was so small. Nasty like, shit. Like you Yes. Yeah. yeah. He said he said some atrocious things and said, I'll kind of apologize for it. The punishment um, does not fit the crime. Like he yeah, he's like, Oh, sorry what I said. It's like you need to be on your knees. Yeah. Beg. Beg. And like, right. And so maybe like, does the performance make up for it? You know? For her it does. Yeah. Do I think so? For me. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> yeah. For me? It's up for debate. Uh no. So Sophie Sophie's like so de- she's she's defeated. Um she's she says something along like like life isn't a fairy tale and she has to grow up and she's gonna do that in Florida. <laughs> Which even just trying to say that out loud right, right, right. not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I would not recommend going to Florida. And and certainly not the weight the new weight not branch in Boca Raton. <laughs> is it is yeah. it Boca Raton? <laughs> That's just like, crazy. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's so special. That's, Which is what Alex else. says to her. Yeah, he says nobody but, grows up in Florida ex- unless you're an orange. I do love that line. Yeah. Sorry to any Floridians. Like no yeah. she, no shade. No yeah. tea. <laughs> no tea, no shade. No. He says that line, I'm like, honestly, you're forgiven. Um, <laughs> you got that me. was enough. No, that was enough. The orange line, you got me. No, he's like, he says, you should be writing, not fighting cellulite. Um, and then, and then classic music and lyrics. He says, the thing is, I can't 
compose without you. He wants to say, can't live without you. Say that <laughs> and say that, girl. Yeah. Come on, say it. No, she's um, she's like, it's not a good idea. And uh, a very woe-begotten Hugh Grant wishes her luck before he, before he leaves the family business. Mm-hmm. Now we have another montage, but this time it's sad. <laughs> Alex rehearses with Cora um, and he keeps trying to do his pop moves. Uh, Sophie eats this part uh, killed a me. pita. Is it a pita? This is, is it a pita? Because so, that's relatable. It is a pita. That's yeah. relatable. Yeah, it's, it's so absurd the <laughs> yeah. way they do it. It's like... <laughs> He's like rehearsing for a concert. She's eating a pita and the filling yeah. is falling out. It's just very poorly done. It's like the, she's holding the pita from like the very top of it and then the bottom is open. So it's kind of like not well, to victim Well, her first blame. mistake was taking off the tin. Yes. Yeah. No, she's really, uh, things are not She set herself right. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex goes back and he's reading Sophie's old poems on the New School website. Um, and he also rearranges his furniture back to where it was, but he can't bring himself to move the piano back. Well, actually, he kind of tries. <laughs> he like he's like about to push it, but then stops. Okay. Oh, see, I always read that as he was too weak to push it by himself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were laughing about that. Gary was like, "A piano is not that heavy." Okay, it so should it's, be it's on an wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway. Um. Sophie is reading the newspaper and she sees this big ad for Cora's tour featuring Alex Fletcher of Pop. Um, So finally, it is the night of the big concert at Madison Square Garden. Um, And as they walk in, Sophie realizes that she wants to bail. She really doesn't want to be in that space. Um, And the kids and Gary go ahead and she and Rhonda stay behind to talk. You know, Rhonda says to Sophie that her kids have been telling all of their friends that their aunt wrote Cora Corman's new hit song. But you can't really say a new hit song, a new yeah. song. We'll see if it's a hit. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, they want to share this with her and she has to go in. And it's we were laughing about this because, like, for the sake of the plot, this needs to right. happen. But in reality, if my sister were in this situation, I would be like, go right, take a bath. Right. Like, yeah, you yes. do not need to be there at all. That sounds really painful. Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, she does need to be there to see what will happen next. So uh, they go in and Sophie's like, you know, just doesn't know how she's going to feel seeing Alex up there. But Rhonda says that it's just one night and she needs this, which she really doesn't, but fine. <laughs> and then after that, they can go their separate ways. So they head into the venue, everybody's in their seats, and we hear the sound of a gong, which means the concert is, in fact, starting. And <laughs> yeah, there's this giant uh, cloaked figure on stage, and they they whip off the, the silks, and it is, in fact, a giant gold Buddha, which then <laughs> on its turntable spins around where Korra emerges in a cloak as we hear... Oh, in the background. Yeah. And look, those $40 million weren't going nowhere. It was public purchasing that statue. No, they packed out MSG. They actually um, filmed this in like the something Veterans Memorial Center. Like it's not an MSG. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that. Mm, Oh my God. Perfect. Yeah. So Cora whips off her cloak to reveal her like 
<gasps> like monokini situation. Is that what she it's looks called? So she looks so incredible. Oh. Damien just genuine gasping. Like that was just insane. <laughs> I just remember what her body looked like in that. Yeah. Oh. No. And come on now. The shimmy shake yeah. that she does yeah. shook me shook me to my core. And I said I want to talk about this on the pod, and I think I have to say it now. I do believe that Miss Cora was the beginning of my obsession with a curly haired blonde. Like, I, knew you were say I love a curly, and I had to say it, and I do love a curly haired blonde. I think they look like perfect little angels. I think they look like cherubs. And guess what? Cora, that little shake <laughs> yeah. she does is so crazy. Watching her do that, I was like, I didn't need confirmation, but I'm bisexual. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it's it's happening. It's like, happening. I didn't, need, I didn't ask for confirmation, but it is here and I can confirm it. It's confirmed. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling confirmed. There's this is my like, confirmation. There's something that is so titillating <laughs> about titillating. Like, I'll say it. <laughs> say it. About seeing like a cutout section of someone's body in a way that's isolated that you don't normally see. Like there's just mm-hmm. something to it. Like you're just mm-hmm. seeing this section of yeah. her like lower stomach and um, bring back the anyway, tankini. She looks good. I love yeah. the tankini. She as, looks good. like a teen. Oh my god, totally. No, uh, she looks freaking good. Okay. <laughs> and also like it's it's very she's very convincing. I'm like, yeah, this would be a pop star that would be like a sex symbol that everyone would be obsessed yeah. with. She has that it yeah. factor. I mean, she's giving Britney toxic. Yeah, no, totally. But Shakira is breathing yeah. on her neck. She got to dance. Yeah, so she she is in fact dancing to Buddha's delight. Uh, the crowd is going wild, and Chris also is there. He's there with his daughter. Meets up with Sophie. Meanwhile, backstage, very stark difference. Alex is sitting alone in his dressing room, and he notices an ad on TV for Battle of the 80s has been when he gets his five-minute call. Okay. Oh, my God. Now I remember. This is the conversation that Alex and Sophie have while Cora is listening to the demo. And to me, it's one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. <laughs> yes. Where Hugh Grant is like, has anyone like, seen Battle of the 80s has been? That Debbie Gibson yeah. sure can take a punch, which is... No, I know, I know that amazing joke thread. But what kills me even more is he says that and there's a beat of silence. And Sophie's like, I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so genuine. Like the whole entire I didn't see it. No, I was not. Um, I'm so happy you brought that up. I would have been so sad if we forgot it. This scene of them rushing to the helipad and like that whole, I, I really like that moment. Anyways. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. So <laughs> Cora is performing Entering Booty Town. I can't remember the melody of this song. Entering Booty Town. So shake no. your booty now. Yep. Because your booty is the way into his heart. Beautiful. Yep. So yep. then Cora. Etched, etched in this brain. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all. Can't shake so it. So Cora then announces that it's time to hear something very special. She has a new song that nobody has heard before, written by Mr. Alex Fletcher. <gasps> yeah. Sophie is like... Nightmare moment. He didn't give me credit for the song. Like Also illegal. Right. So <laughs> she's just mortified, shocked. Rhonda is pissed. May I just say, Rhonda's delivery of... Alex Fletcher and my sister is like so in my head too. Like that one. No, it was good. That felt good coming out. No, she is like 
complete outrage. It is like a beautiful sister moment, honestly. Anyway, as you were saying. (laughs) So she's like, okay, I really have to go. Um, And I think, I don't know if she says it or Rhonda says it, just like come back when the song is over. But she's like, I just want to be alone. Meanwhile, Alex is just gotten to the piano. He begins playing a song. But it is not their song. He starts singing Don't Write Me Off Just Yet, a song about him and Sophie and how she has changed his life. And he was living in the past, but she brought him (laughs) back. And though he knows based on his track record, he might not seem like the safest bet. Please don't write him off just yet. And people are loving People are loving it. You really have to suspend your disbelief to buy that a crowd of teenagers, tweens, and their parents who went to Mm -hmm. see Cora Corman are just like loving this middle-aged man they've never heard of. But I did think about how, I mean, kind of different because people still really love Dolly Parton, but Miley Cyrus will sometimes sing with like Dolly at a show or something. So Uh, maybe, I, I believe it could happen. But this this would be the equivalent of like let's say we're we're tweens we're we're kids we're at a Britney Spears concert and then she's like hey everybody I know we just listened to Entering Booty Town but now I'm gonna bring out not George Michael but the other guy from Wham and he's gonna come out and sit Literally. down and sing this ballad that's rough that's, that's what rough. that would be. Yeah, like I would I would take a nap, <laughs> frankly, and that's just me. I would take a nap. I also think what's really special about this is she Drew Barrymore stands in the uh, she's yes. walking up that aisle for a, a yeah. giant portion of the intro of that song. And I'm like, do you not hear yeah. that that is not your song? Like, turn your <laughs> ass around quicker. That's not come on now. You've been listening to that song nonstop for like a so week. Crazy. Like, get it should be burned into your yeah. brain. It's burned into mine. Why is it burned into yeah. yours? No, it is yeah. really shocking. <laughs> So yes, he it's like it's this old man singing and somehow he <laughs> sure. gets a standing ovation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And fine. It was sweet. And it's also no one has the 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 emotional background that we do. So they yes. are really just giving it up for him. This for me was the weakest song of the movie. Yeah. So I just accepted that this mm-hmm. is what I had to see. I agree. <laughs> but I guess I guess it should be weaker because he's not like lyrics aren't his strong suit, but this is like the best he could do without her. Right. right. He said, "Can I hijack your incredible sh- sold out Madison Square Garden performance to fix a relationship that hasn't really even started yet?" And Cora, bless her heart, Cora has a heart she of does. fucking gold and yeah. says, "Yes." She loves this shit. And yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll more get to more of that later. later. Um, <laughs> so she, Cora, Cora's got a show to do. Despite despite the sappiness <laughs> on stage, she pops back, she pops her ass back on to perform "Slam," a song I gotta <laughs> hear the rest of. Uh, <laughs> baby, I'm begging for it. Uh, and Sophie heads backstage uh, to <laughs> to interact with Alex. After that. Um, He's like being so cute and coy. He's like, it's the best I could do, but you could fix it. Um, and Sophie says, that song was dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Jennifer Coolidge. I'm sorry. But yeah, that thing okay, okay, at least Jennifer. Into Jennifer Coolidge. No, she says yeah. it's so sweet. She's high impact mm-hmm. delivery. Um, they're about to do a little smooch, smoocheroonie uh, when Alex 
here's the intro for the song he needs yep. to be on stage for, but he does not go on stage. He he hears it. Uh, and Cora, we hear from the background, Cora's like, Alex and Sophie. And it's like, oh my God, hooray, her name. Because she's yeah, a girl's she girl. Said Sophie yes, first. she did. And she is a exactly. girl's girl. She's a girl's girl. I love it. I love it. And then Sophie's like <laughs> using her ears finally. She's like, wait, Rachel, that statement wasn't <laughs> a girl's girl statement. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm coming for Drew Barrymore, famously. Love, love to. This bitch listens for <laughs> this once. Nasty slut hoe. Shuts her goddamn mouth and opens her ears. <laughs> no, she was not listening while she was in the aisle. She was not paying attention to her That's tune. True. No. She's now using, she has put her music cap yes. on. She's taken a lyric yes. cap off with yeah. her music cap on. Um, and she's like, wait, that is not the steamy and sticky intro. Uh, and Alex, <laughs> Alex says, uh, you know, Cora listened when I told her that it would help me win you back. Um, and then he goes, turns out she's quite the romantic. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. She yeah. started with that. Obvious. She opened with that. What if I um, listen to woman? Crazy. No, I'm like, if you just listen, if you watch the signs all along, you would know this. Um, so he does no. The song is being sung, by the way. He is like missing his entrance. He she's vamping. Yeah, he runs that that absolutely turned out <laughs> pop hip of his. He runs himself on stage <laughs> to get in on just under the mm-hmm. wire for his verse, and they do their they do their little sing sang. Um, everyone is loving it except thank yeah. God we flash to our old <laughs> lyricist Greg, who has somehow bought a very good yeah. seat to this show and is just being a little curmudgeon <laughs> hating it um I no him. i love him thank god yeah. he came back i would be miserable if i didn't see those wide <laughs> eyes again uh and of course we just need to like put our hands together for cora cora do be uh, singing that bridge. It is like, no, they are mm. singing, both of them. But Cora is like, she got mm. a voice on her, and we have not hitherto yeah. really heard it. Um, no, she is singing at the end. Like, the for you in the end. Uh, oh, my God. And then also her like, ah, yeah. ah. those riffs at the end are yeah. so funny. Oh, oh, yeah. No, she's so, she's serving. She's like, and he's gone again. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, and it's time for me to sing. <laughs> I just want to sing. Uh, no, she, she uh, Alex, like, runs off stage to absolutely make the for hell sure. out with with Sophie and Cora's doing her little her little riffs. With this beautiful moment, we draw to a close, and that is way back into love with music and lyrics by Sophie Fisher and Alex Fletcher. And then during our credits, we have a wonderful moment where the music video for Pop Goes My Heart plays once again, along with little bubbles of fun facts. And it tells us that Pop had six number one hits from 1984 to 1991. They sold 20 million records. Colin created a huge controversy when he declared Pop to be bigger than the Beatles. (laughs) He went on to clarify that he meant literally bigger because there are five of us. I love that joke. That joke was written for me. They also remind us that Pop pioneered the famous Pop dance move. Pop's guitarist and bass player recently had him. (laughs) Yes. We also see that in 1994, Colin was voted the world's sexiest man. Also in 1994, Alex was voted favorite performer at the Nebraska Tractor and Thresher show. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they say that Alex and Colin met at university, and then Alex met his new writing partner, Sophie Fisher, when she came to water his plants. <laughs> Fletcher and Fisher have since written five top 40 songs, and they now live together, and all their plants are plastic. Hell yeah. 
They also sing all their songs for their doorman con before finishing them. He is tone deaf, but extremely supportive. And this made me think about how when you're like writing a song, like legally, even if someone was like in the room when you wrote it, like you have to give them a writing credit so that like you don't potentially get sued. So that means that Khan <laughs> would have a writing credit on Perfect. all of their songs. <laughs> Justice for Khan. Justice for Khan. I love that. That now that's some dramaturgy right there. Mm-hmm. That is very good. Yeah. <laughs> and we hear that or we read that Sophie Fisher was the inspiration for the character of Sally Michaels. The movie written by Sloan, was called the worst movie of this or any year by Rolling Stone. (laughs) And that was the film's best review. And I'm like, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Pop was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. At the ceremony, the band performed together for the first time in 15 years. And of course, we read that Colin injured himself doing the pop dance move and is scheduled for a hip replacement, just to really close the loop on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, We read that Alex performed a new Fletcher Fisher song at Cora Corman's wedding. The party lasted nine hours and the marriage lasted three. Yes, Cora, slay. (laughs) Um, Alex and Sophie are writing songs for Alex's first solo album in 15 years. And his hip appears to be fine. Which, and then we get to see him. I'm Go sorry, ahead. just to say, his hip should not be fine. There's no, no reason. Every single other man in that band needs a hip replacement, and clearly, he's not in the. He's had issues. He's had. So the the way that I see it is, he's he's kept it going, so he his body is still ah. used to it. Whereas the others, they whip it out after not doing it for 20 okay. years. The body's not conditioned. Mm-hmm. To no, be doing he's that exercising anymore. the muscle. Like he's yeah. exercising the muscle. Yeah, and let's. I, I think that is a perfect argument. And I that's will on also sports say, science. <laughs> <laughs> and who knew that was what this podcast was about? Um, no, he does complain about it. I will yes. say he's like my pop hip. He literally mm-hmm. says I suffered from my art with, with regards mm-hmm. to his pop hip. Yeah. Um, that is a, a very funny line of his. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we close the, the, the also this is playing over the credits all of what we just described is playing over the credits and then we get like a lovely little montage of Sophie and Alex writing chorus song together wow so uh, what are, what do you guys think Re- revisiting this film yeah what are you thinking oh my god I mean I well, he, well I hadn't watched it I'd been like maybe three years since I watched it last before we watched it for for this round and I, there were some movies I watched like in the deep pandemic that I rewatched and I was like, these are actually really holding up. And I feel like I just was like pandemic goggling them because right. I've watched them since. And I'm like, wait, this was incredibly problematic. How did I watch this in like 2020 and not catch it? <laughs> um, and I was worried a little bit that I had done it for this because mm-hmm. so Damien and I, I didn't actually say this at the beginning. Damien and I were on a road trip one time and he was like, have you ever heard of this movie? And I was like, have I? brother, have I? And he's like, should we put on some songs? And the so way we fun. sing them off book, like mm-hmm. perfectly off book. You said I off mean, book, your yeah. theater kid showing. <laughs> My theater kid is showing and may she ring from the mountaintops. No, we were absolutely slaying it. Like literally, who are we? We're Drew and Hugh. Um, <laughs> Drew and Hugh are themselves. Uh, but I was, while we were seeing them, I was like, I wonder if this movie's like somehow gotten problematic or whatever, like has aged poorly, etc. Let me tell you. I was delighted. Yeah, I was delighted. There are it has its, yeah. you know, it has its minor problems. Right. It has its, you know, moments of being a Bush era film, uh, a 2007 right. piece of cinema. Um, but 
It's so good. And it is so funny. I did not remember it being this funny. funny, I think because I got Mm -hmm. oversaturated just like with, Mm -hmm. with it. Um, no, I would watch this movie every day again. I would get back into, I get back in the saddle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. So my feelings, um, reflecting upon this and i mean i i love the movie it's you know uh, a childhood favorite that i feel does largely hold up i think there are a lot of like paratextual things about this movie that are interesting i like okay so again as we've kind of gone over um drew is so great in this but it's very much like it revolves around yeah. Hugh Grant's right. character and around Hugh Grant and was written uh, to his strengths. Um, and Hugh Grant and Mark Lawrence, the writer-director, have a very long uh, collaborative working relationship that precedes this movie. And then it's interesting because this is the very tail end of Hugh Grant being a leading man and doing mm-hmm. rom-coms. Um, and I think you can kind of feel that. like. I felt that there was a funny parallelism in the movie and the paratext where like in this movie, Hugh Grant is kind of doing Hugh Grant. Um, It's this very dialed up version of his idiosyncrasies um, and his charms. And it is a little bit like, okay, like, can he Mm. still do this? You know, like he um, was this very young, very dashing rom-com and just romantic film star. Um, I think that in terms of his rom-com career, this was his swan song. And I think that it's a really good one. After this, he did, did you hear about the Morgans also with Mark Lawrence? And that kind of flopped. And then he was like, I'm stepping away from this. Um, And they did collaborate again, like in 2014. But it was at this point that he kind of shifted toward like character acting and taking on uh, just like against type roles. Um, So I find all of that interesting. And it also, I feel like that is a microcosm of the movie itself where like there are as we've kind of said parts of this that are really flimsy and like parts that are kind of laughably bad writing and uh the two stars carry it 100 and their chemistry is great and they're both so charming um and yeah so all in all i think that like you know, it's a mixed bag, but I do think that it's a good movie, particularly. I think the songs yeah. are amazing. Um, and I think, that, you know, like that's really important for, you know, that's the core of this movie. Um, and something that I was interested in is like, okay, so oftentimes movies like this, uh, I was just looking on Rotten Tomatoes. And normally something like this will have a big disparity between critic rating and audience rating but that's not so with this audiences didn't like it like yeah you know it wasn't like oh critics panned it but then audiences loved it i don't it kind of fell into this no man's land maybe i'm wrong i don't know that much about it but no definitely i feel like a lot of people don't remember this movie or didn't really like don't have the Mm -hmm. same attachment that like people like me and Rachel who grew up with it on TV constantly have. 
And I think it's because it is at the tail end of the 2000s and rom-coms were really in yeah. like a shifting yeah. mode at this point because mm-hmm. we were past the, the 2000 to 2004 prime and yeah. rom-coms are kind of falling out of favor. The tone is shifting. And then the tone of rom-coms in the 2010s are very different to that of the early 2000s. And yeah. this is really mm-hmm. marking that shift, I feel, because the comedy in this movie is really dependent on the writing and delivery. It's not so much like, oh, we're getting into all these hijinks and there's all this like physical comedy. It's actually very word dependent. And I feel like that's why it just doesn't appeal mm-hmm. to a lot of people because that's just not everybody's lyrics yeah it's just not everybody's like cup of tea when it comes to comedy for me it very much is so i always loved it but i can see why it wouldn't have the same mass appeal as something like how to lose a guy in 10 days you know right Mm -hmm. which is hot garbage i mean i love that iconic in its own right but But I, I do love that movie. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, just in terms of like, I, I love that movie too. But if you watch the movie, it's way more offensive right. and regressive and, yeah. you know, whatever than this is. Yeah. Well, this movie has a really, I think, lovable and gentle tone. And that's not always going to yeah. resonate with everyone. I because agree. People want to see movies to be excited and to feel something, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, like the watchability of a movie. And I could watch this movie again and again. 100%. And I mean, it is like Sophie says to Alex at the, you know, not Playland, mm-hmm. but at the resort. Yeah. yeah. At Adventureland. Thank you. Like Sophie says to him at Adventureland, you know, this makes people happy and it's just good. And that's how I feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not um trying to be something else. Uh it is a feel-good movie and a comfort movie. And it's also pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. That's a great callback. Yeah. I agree. And the songs really, the songs are really a, a big, uh, like, I don't know, the songs are the glue, I feel. If the music yes. in this movie mm-hmm. was bad, oh, yeah. Impossible. I do, yeah. for me, no I chance. feel like the chemistry between Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore was what kept me coming back for more. And uh, like, Cora is amazing as well. But um, I like the songs. I, d- I don't love them as much as you guys, I'm going to be honest. Mm. And that's okay. <laughs> I think, That's you know, okay. a couple a couple more watches and a couple more listens mm-hmm. of the soundtrack. And once those lyrics get burned into yeah. your brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we could. I mean, I was conditioned. Yeah, we could turn you. Like, I can't <laughs> speak to the real quality. But, like, we can if you, you do. <laughs> no, if you let me put some headphones on your little head and let you let, let you listen to on those little earpods on you. <laughs> yeah, we, we hold your yeah, eyes yeah. open. Eyes clockwork open. Yes, to make exactly. you watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, No, the one one other thing I just wanted to say is that it is strangely, it's very music heavy. I know, I know it's in the title, but (laughs) it is, there's almost an element to it, at least when I was growing up. And again, my musical theater kid's going to show. I was, my brain sort of like watched this like a musical because Mm -hmm. the music is so central and constant. Um, which I think also lends itself to the easy watching of it. Like they use the music takes up time in this movie that could be used for uh, conflict, antics, right. whatever. But it mm-hmm. is instead it gets to be you get to listen, you get to see Cora do steamy and sticky, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think there is just like that's another element of what sets this like into a different like era, like moment of rom com 
world where it's like it's doing something slightly different but absolutely if anyone were ever like oh i've never seen music and lyrics i would say fucking absolutely yeah yes and and this was mo's first watch so there we go (gasps) oh wait yes you told me that i i forgot oh my god yeah damien's looking at me like i am an alien (laughs) (laughs) no no not at all i'm just like amazed because i am like, I didn't realize that throughout this conversation. It felt to me like you had... You'd been uh, here before. Um, I, movie <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait, so Mo, as as a first watcher, did you, I mean, wh- what was your, like, what was your take? Right. You know what? I don't know why I kept thinking this. Um, I think because I initially thought that the wedding singer and music and lyrics were like the same movie. Like I, I kept saying when we were talking about this movie that it was Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. These things happen. I think I said that like three times to Christina and I, let's guess who drew Drew Barrymore is in a lot of rom-coms without Sandler to be fair. That's true. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was actually, um, more so going to be like, they, partner up and they're both nobodies and then they become famous and keep writing songs together and like i don't know fucking where i got that from like i got that from thin air but (laughs) the way that it unfolded i love how it was only for two weeks i love creating a relationship in like a very tight timeline in a movie and yeah i just i thought it was really really sweet like it really was an enjoyable film for me to watch there were so many times where i was like giggling to myself and I'm I'm down to watch it again. Like Christina, the next time we hang out, we should totally watch. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Should we give her a rating? We do we do a one to ten rating. Oh my god. Mo, would you like to start as a first time viewer? Don't come for my life. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Very great. Okay. Yeah. Christina. I'm I am rating with my heart yeah. a little bit more than my head <laughs> okay. uh, today. So I'm going to give it uh, a very healthy 8.5. Nice, nice. I think I'm, I think I'm right there in the 8.5 pocket. Uh, that was where mm-hmm. I was landing. I, there's never, I don't think there, if this, if this was a movie that someone was like, hey, I've got this DVD, or hey, mm-hmm. this is on TV right now, I would be thrilled. Right. I would be right. delighted. You know what I yeah. mean? And again, it's easy watching there's there's no problems in this world right like i there, there, as we said there is no villain <laughs> yeah. um i'm w- would be delighted to watch it and yeah am i am i voting with my heart yes i'm also like voting it in a rom-com scale yes, of one of to course. ten and like come on now this is if it, i'm doing pure rom-com scale 8.5 to arguably nine for me yeah. yeah so okay as soon as you brought up the rating i went into panic <laughs> mode because i like uh just have the hardest time with <laughs> rating things because i don't there's no understand scale. the scale totally oh, our I scale mean. is like all over the place yeah and, and so that's why i'm like am i rating this across like all movies that have ever been made because then like I'm we like, we gave a decom a 10 out of 10 a couple weeks yeah. ago like we gave the lizzie mcguire movie a 10 out of 10 it's it's really mm-hmm. just how you feel with this movie <laughs> lead with your yeah. heart lead with okay. your heart go yeah. chorus style <laughs> i i'll if i may i'm sorry if this is unorthodox but i'm gonna have two ratings sure heart rating is 8.5 to 9 range yeah and then my more general rating is like 
a six. Six. Yeah. Heard of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So we landed like a little little seven, mid seven range. Yeah. And let me tell you, not bad. And if I I think if we were doing like a purely rom-com scale, that would skew much more, much more into the eights, nines. Right. But yeah, the world is vast and the cinematic cinematic universe of the entire world (laughs) can be bigger. Right. But it's funny because when we start going into genres, particularly something like rom-coms, it's like this is also personal because it's. Which is the point of your podcast, it's movies that raised us. So like, yeah, you know, in that sense, um, emotionally, yeah, I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on the pod. Before you go, if you'd like to to plug anything, where where to follow you, anything you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, it was so fun to be here. Um, <laughs> I'm at not Rachel Horwitz on Instagram. You'll find me there. That's honestly <laughs> enough. That's enough. You can go to my website. It's the same thing. You'll find the rest of what you need. My Spotify is probably linked on there. Who knows? Whatever you need to find, you can find it. It's the internet. Um, it was so fun being on here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you so much for having us. Um, this was really fun. We had to. And we had to do it together. And we had. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you for allowing me to be Rachel's writer. Um, I got my Gatorades and, and I got my Damien. <laughs> yes. Similarly to Rachel, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Regulation Damien, and you can Google my name, and you'll find. Yeah. everything that i've ever put out into the world so. can i find your reductress like articles or yeah, yeah. if you google damien cronfeld that will be oh, high up true. there in the incredible the results yeah but, you're welcome uh, for that intro And if you want a little more content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at movies that raised us pod. And you can always send us a good old fashioned email. Do you want to collab? Do you have an idea for a podcast? Whatever. Yeah. Hit us up. Yeah. And if you would like to listen to our bonus episode for the month, we did Confessions of a Shopaholic. It's on Patreon. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. Yes. And with that being said, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.